Hey guys, welcome back to the Anime Collector and welcome back to the Open Chest Anime Podcast. Um, with me today, obviously, as usual, are my co-host, Anjobo Agi, who has his video uh, turned off. There he goes. <laughs> and I'm back from uh, Atlanta, so hey, back home. Sp specifically AWA and my other co-host, hey, uh, FDDNM. Hello. So I want to remind you guys that this podcast uh, is on the peril of destruction and only lasts through uh, crowd support and funding and sharing the links and everything. So if you're new to the podcast, make sure to subscribe uh, and share the links around to people you think might be interested. Anyway, we have kind of an interesting uh, dilemma tonight in that Anime News Network is down uh, for maintenance. Now, normally, to preempt this, I actually archive Anime News Network links um, so that if Anime News Network is down, I still have those as a backup. But uh, when I was gathering the articles um, last uh, last night, archive.is uh, was... Some, something was wrong with it. I, I couldn't get it to archive things. It actually was archiving things. It just wasn't... Um, it wasn't getting to the final page where I could get it. So today, when I put the links in, even though they were like giving me the 503 error maintenance site, um, I was able to type them in and get some of the ones that I tried to archive last night and actually recovered those. But some of them I wasn't able to get. So I grabbed for as many as I could some alternate articles um, that we'll be looking at instead uh, because I think the maintenance is going to last 6 to 12 hours. So we're probably not going to have a chance to... Uh, to use all the anime news network links. Um, but with that said, what do we have for opening discussions? We got premier fan tickets, which I looked at yesterday and were not available. So nope, still coming soon. All right. Um, shall we do pickups guys? Yeah, sure. Does that like you want to go first? No, I'll let you two go first. All right. Do you want to go first, Brad? I don't have anything. I budget. Oh, yeah, that's right. Also, you slightly cut out there, so that's why I paused. Okay. So, first one, um, I looked into all the stuff I have, and I was like, hmm, what's something I can slightly complete more? And I don't have the Oh My Goddess movie, or Mini Goddess, or those OVAs that I'll have to track down in Japan. This is the one oh that says... Huh? AC <laughs> oh does God. not like Oh My Goddess, and I have no idea why. What's not like I've, I've articulated my, my point quite clearly, <laughs> but continue. And, anyway, new Japanese uh, 5.1 DTS version. I didn't get the other one because of that. I thought it was an English DTS track, but whatever, doesn't matter to me. What, is, what does DTS stand for? I don't think I don't know if it stands for anything. But it's probably? just it's just a codec because there's okay. Dolby Digital. There's DTS HD Master Audio, Dolby True HD. It's just one of those. DTS and Dolby are the two main ones. I don't know. Then there's linear PCM and all that crap. So then, this is the thing I was talking about. Uh, I got Saint Seiya Collection 2. Uh, uh, the red box. I made, Digital uh, Theater Sound is what DTS stands for. Okay. So, Saint Seiya Collection 2, I got this because I made a right stuff order, and this was like four bucks, and Nagi said, well, Saint Seiya has better masters on the ADV, so I'm like, okay, four bucks. And I also looked up the one Agi got, and it was like super expensive on Amazon, so I'm like, damn, better get on that. And uh, 
I'm sad to know that uh, apparently it's incomplete. So, I mean, it's only four bucks, so I didn't waste anything. But then let's get my Mongo pickup. Froze. Uh oh, he froze it. So the way. Okay, I'm back. That He's was back. bizarre. Okay, your so audio froze for a long time, and then it finished your sentence. <laughs> Again? That, that, that hasn't was really bizarre. <laughs> okay, that's another for the Reese montage of whatever faces. So we got To Love or Darkness, uh, Volume 6, and we got uh, To Love or Volumes 9 10 Omnibus, which I got two copies of because I forgot I pre-ordered it, and Amazon won't let me return it unless I pay eight bucks for shipping, so that will screw that. Now... Ugh. Then we got the original release of Fafner, or Fafner, and then Fafner Heaven and Earth, and... Well, you meant to say original Blu-ray. I mean, I guess... Oh, you're right, you're right. The original Funimation release. Because uh, it's nice and not save edition y. <laughs> and they're, all, they're the same profile, thankfully. They're like DVD height. But uh, at least it's consistent and not savey. <sighs> and then, of course, because we want more Gintama over here, I got the latest Gintama. So that's, I have all of season three now, technically. And I'm hoping they announce some more dubs soon, because I'm getting scared that they'll uh, not do it. Then we got um, the latest Funimation Limited Edition be released, the free uh, three movie collection or whatever it's called. And they all have slipcases on the inside for anyone who's curious, so that's a nice feature despite being free and I don't really particularly have a passion for that series or anything. Then we got Pop Team Epic, which I almost forgot I ordered, and I had to get a replacement copy because it was all the slipcase was slightly scrunged up, and this is the crappy version. I already got the replacement over there. And then the, the thing that sucks is that they're probably wasting all that space on the second version of the episode because it uses the identical video, just a different dub track. So, I don't know. That's really inefficient. Then we got Sailor Moon, the whatever Sailor Moon S the movie, because I noticed, oh, I can pre-order that? I need more Sailor Moon crap. Might as well keep up to date with whatever's new. And then we got Season 4, which is like 140 bucks on Amazon.ca, but on Amazon.com it's like, 40 USD, so that's nice. And I checked I checked these Blu-rays. They're way better like in quality compared to the other ones that I tested briefly. They're fantastic looking. And then more on the Sailor Moon train, we got season one part two because it was like reasonably priced on Amazon.com when I made the door. And then finally drum roll not please. We got can you tell what that is from the end label? It's Utena. Yeah. Look at that end label on both sides. And what's that? It's not even in here because I'm not using the slipcase in my collection. Because there is an end label on the inner box. 
which has the inner outer lip of the other box that's inside it on the other side. What a great idea. And then on the other side, it just has garbage. But you know what? This actually looks pretty good on a shelf, and I'm not complaining because it's like... Uh, it's really tight. Uh. Okay, so... You get all three collections, whatever, blah, blah. The thing is, if I bought these individually, it would cost me, like, a difference of 15 bucks or something because Utena went on sale on right stuff. So, honestly, it doesn't matter to me that it's a hack job of a limited edition or whatever. It's, like, relatively the same price, and I can get a slightly good-looking box on the side. And that's all my pickups. All right. On to Augie. I'm locked in. Yes. The camera right. is way high, by the way. You, oh, I know you've that. got more room above your head than from oh. the top of your head downward. You have two-thirds above you. Yeah. I know, which is about the same as that shelf right there and right there. So, first up, because it's going out of print, ooh, I got Narco the Crawling Love, which was Amazon expected. And that's how you pronounce that, AC. I'm pretty sure you just said Nyakuro and not Nyaruko. But I sure. wasn't going to call you on it. The second season didn't get a standard edition. That's it stupid. I, I agree. Uh, that, that happened with um, Wagnaria, too, where the first season uh, had a uh, limited edition, edition only edition DVD. And then the second season only had standard edition on Blu-ray, so it looks like this. Oh. Yeah. All right. So, as before, I mentioned about for uh, Kyokana Maho. I got Kyo season Kara. one right here. Kyokara Mao. <laughs> Kyo That's an R or an N? R. R? Kyo okay. Kara. I got the Kyo part. Mao. <laughs> Mao. Yeah. thought it was an R. Okay. No, and, and we're going to have a discussion Carl about this Mal. later on regarding Shaman King that'll that'll make this a lot easier for you to understand. All right. So technically, this is the second copy that I got of Volume One. Season I also two. got Season Two. Did they flip the colors for Season One and Season Two for I that think range? He might have just presented one of the red one. I think. Oh no, the Season strength. Two is the is the yeah. You know, you're right. Season Two is the red one. Yeah, this is like the third time I've gotten a Genion collection that's like in this paper box. Wait, Sankaku? Isn't that one like yeah, the same? Yeah, Me I've want. had this for a long time. Me want. Oh, I have something. That has music from the you. same guy who did the music for Twelve Kingdoms. Count me in. And the great thing about Kyokar Mauer, the uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Harry. Ray Harryhausen uh, style skeleton designs. Ooh. Ooh, okay. I'm intrigued. Up next is volume one. Volume two. Volume three of Koikaze. Yep. Do you know anything about that yet? Incest? Uh, incest teaching love. <laughs> it's an incestuous relationship with a brother and sister. <laughs> yeah, is that why I can't get volumes two and three for my stupid art box? Without paying through the mouse? <laughs> Relook that up, FTDNM. But what scares me a little bit more about the plot is the ending pictures. Is that the parents or is that's, that them? That's the parents. That's the parents. Thank God. Thank you. 
Okay. Being scared there. So something I already have is this thing, Gernlagen. Mm-hmm. So I've already had Done. this. Duh. I don't care. So I got this version. I ordered this from the Bandai store. So what does that matter? Last AWA, I mentioned that I bought something, but I didn't show it. And I was able to get the other volume, not in AWA. So I finally got the movie versions I want for this series. Is that bootleg? Oh, this this is the this is Anaplex's first import over here. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, they look like it, but that's their quality. So finally, unless they release that one music video, I'm not touching the series any more than I have to. Right, speed up a little. Something that AC has mentioned before regarding another show. It's live action. So we got one through three of a million pleasure nights. What does this that is mean? Where, million pleasure this is night. where the Fucons originated from. Exactly. Uh, okay. there, there are skits on those DVDs that are not in the Fucon collection because they're it's like imagine a show on Saturday Night Live that gets its own spin-off where it's the whole show. I think Keenan and Kel might might have originated on all that or something like that. But yeah, the good yeah. Good Burger is a good example. Good Burger was an all that sketch that they made into a movie. Same thing. And is it locked on me? Yeah. All right. And because I talked to AC before, I had these two volumes of Armitage. Yeah, there we go. But I didn't know I was missing this volume. So now I finally completed Armitage. I mean to watch um, this. I, think, I know it's supposed to be good. I think, yeah, just to clarify for people, I think the reason that you want to get all three of those is because one of them is the TV OVA version or whatever, and the other one is a movie version. So you you actually are just buying the same thing again, but there's going to be like an extra minute or two of scenes. I watched the OVA. I didn't expect to like it even like halfway through it, but then I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty good. You know, the one of the directors of um, Dual Matrix was uh, the director of uh, Thundercats over here. Yeah, that's awesome. Ah. And now we go into AWA stuff featuring Beastmaster. Ooh. He's fighter? Probably the closest thing thing to getting, uh, or the second closest thing to getting a Bloody Roar anime. Uh, I believe this was an Inko. F- correct me on this, AC. Inkoi, Inko Films? Inoki? Inoki Films? Yeah. It's not, for some reason, it's not written on here. I don't know about it. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. And up next, I've had 98. Now I have original Eat Man. Ooh, look at those 90s glasses. He eats everything. And I've been meaning to watch more of it. Up next is Eternal Alice. Imagine Alice stuck in an Alice fantasy about other Alices. Because we don't have enough anime that has Alice in the title. Exactly. A rescue from Bandai Entertainment is Monkey Magic. I remember, like I said before, I remember seeing the PlayStation 1 commercial on Toonami one time. Um, interesting artwork, to say the least. So, moving on. 
I said I had cheese sweet home at a AX. Now I have new address complete. Yeah, completing cheese sweet home that's been brought over here. I wonder if they're going to release the CGI movies. Ooh. So up next, we have tomorrow's Joe. Already had every this day Joe. Yeah, already had this with uh, the early release by Sang Soon, but now I got this version. Followed by Project Arms. Ooh, how was I supposed to pronounce that? AC. Cool. Then Hitman Reborn. Followed by everyone's favorite cat girl, Nuku Nuku. What to say at the bottom includes three complete series? Okay. Exactly. So it just says dash. And all tracks. All tracks. <laughs> then Tessigen 28. Anime. Then the movie. Ooh. Now if they released that uh, VHS series over here. So I've already had Angel Cop and now time to upgrade to another Angel Cop. We've talked about Devil Man last, last October. Now I got the new Devil Man, which is supposed to include uh, audio drama. Question. Is it like you pull off the slipcover and it has the uncensored art on it? Or are they it not that clever? Yeah, I think they're that clever. Problem is, it's still sealed. And I got everyone's favorite baby, Belzebub. Oh my Volume god, yes. And for some reason, they sync wrapped both of these. So maybe they're going to do a Blu-ray release of this soon. I don't I know. I think they kind of have to do an SD Blu-ray or if they can get HD Masters for it, an HD Blu-ray. I want them to dub it. <laughs> Me too. But now it's time to juice jelly and jam time because it's some. Time for something that's way past cool with Sonic X. Ooh. This is the one that features the Sega games. And the next one features features Chris Thorndike as the main character. I don't know why they why they're having issues getting the subs for that, but that's how they want to write up the contract. Is is that the one where they had to put a human character in there for Sonic to interact with? Yep, yep. And Sega uh, wondered why, like... why they didn't last like Nintendo. <laughs> Ugh, you know, it would make sense if they threw in like a Virtual Fighter character or some other property, not some random Richie Rich. I don't, think, rich I don't think that people need like. <laughs> it just seems so funny to me. They're like, no, people aren't going to relate to a blue hedgehog. We got to throw a real kid in there and give him more screen time than Sonic. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the OVA, why not reuse Sarah? But talking about something more more about robots is Mazinger Z. Great Mazinger. I saw the Z in the back. 
And just like AC, I got a oh, three bicycles to show. All misordered. Not there's a lot. There's another season out, and I believe a couple of movies, a few compilations, I think. I hope they get more. And because it's people's birthdays, I also got a Ursayatsura. One's missing because I gave it to someone. The classic. Oh, yeah. Then, finally, Babel 2, the 2000 series. Boom. 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 Not the OA, not the OVA slash movie that Discotech released. You mean Armageddon? No, they released Armageddon. Babel. Uh, an there's another Babel too. Yeah, it's it's actually Babel the second. If you haven't watched it yet, you wouldn't know that though. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. Um, no, that's it looks cool. Kind of reminds yeah. me of the Phantom, but was there a first one? Well, no, he, the character is Babel the second. And it's like, it's got this really dumb forced contrived, uh, connection to the tower of Babel. It's very dumb, mm -hmm. incredibly dumb series. I think it's related to Armageddon, which is also related to another series called. Oh God. I think I have it around here. Oh, Genma Wars. Um, I just which think has the, Genma Wars is the one where oh, yeah. it has that line. It says, when I get back, I'm going to beat that baby out of you. <laughs> so the so it's related to... The demon baby. Yeah, that's Armageddon. So, okay. So it's related to that. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that has another name, too. That was released under another name um, by a different company. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Well, that was it should the be right next to Genma Wars. U.S. But... Manga Corps. Yeah, I'll hold on. I'll look it up. All right. Is it still locked on me? Yeah. All right. So another thing I was able to swipe from a certain reseller. Each uh, person chose not to buy it, so I bought it from the other individual. And that is... Oh, Sergeant Frog. All yes. of this. All of it and this. Ooh. Okay. snickering. Yeah, What's with that's this? a little, little weird. <laughs> yeah, for some reason they damaged this box and put it in these discs. Oh, the thin packs places. inside? Oh, yeah. Is it because of... Uh, All those are thin packs. Is it a... Oh, man, what are those called again? The the fold-out boxes? The thin packs? No, no, no. Are they thin packs or... Digipack. Yeah, they're the paper... Are... No, they're not digipack. They're the paper sleeves that you don't like. Okay. With the thin packs of automation style. Yeah. Pretty much. Which oh, yeah, didn't you come to that conclusion, Brad, that you're like, oh, I I was gonna avoid it by getting yeah, the thin I ones. Got, but... I got lucky with Shin Chan in that that I avoided the thin packs both times by accident. Yeah, there you go. Well, luckily for me, uh Discotech got my back because they got the uh, the one that I was missing, so cool. I now have all of Sergeant Frog. <laughs> Good. How many Have you seen it? it? Just three, right? Yeah. Just well, that's three all for we now. Yeah. It's 400 episodes, but Funimation clearly didn't get all of them out. Then up next from uh, 
media blasters. Two that I normally wouldn't get, and two that I would get but can't spend. We have uh, what the heck? The chat disappeared. Sushi Co. Oh, that's weird. Ooh. The yowie? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe. I don't know. They didn't give me an ID, so maybe Shonen and I. I think I've seen a trailer for it. That was yeah or something. Then there's uh, Angel's Tell. Or no. Another uh, one. Feather, feather, Another feather. I bought that for my brother yeah. as a prank. Like a yeah, birthday gift. I hate to say this, but just looking at it, you can tell that it is. And it's going to be one of those long-winded ones because it has a big sword. I talk, that's the one I've talked about a lot where uh, it's as if a character trips and falls and then during their fall all the buttons rip off their shirt yeah yeah it's one of it's one of those yaois that is like there's absolutely it's no not. actual yaoi in it in terms of like relationship and whatnot from what i remember but it's it's super baiting the entire time is what it felt like it was really funny Oof. because of that up next is kanjo 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 Damn it. Okay. Come on, Joe. <laughs> the, oh, the, was, you didn't get the Blu-ray? Was that the DVD or the Blu-ray? That's the DVD. I didn't get the Blu-ray. Then, uh, Aski Sora. Aski Sora. <laughs> You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> Followed by X. I hate that it didn't have the slip cover. I purposely bought Actually, this new, by the way. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> thought the trailer said X. <laughs> yeah, I was good joking. Like, there's only one possible way to pronounce it. <laughs> like, you couldn't According possibly my, get it wrong. According to the No Ten Marshmallow Man, if there's an X and the Japanese use it, it's supposed to be silent, even though you go by the previews to know how to pronounce it. Then. That only that's only true in uh, XXXholic. Well, you have Hunter Hunter. I mean, oh, they true. called Luffy Luffy in the Funimation preview the one time I think. Yeah, they didn't. They, <laughs> there was no mercy that day. So, what I'm about to show you is something kind of hard to get. One that I'm not showing you until I get the other copy is a very hard one to get. It's possible to get, but it's not typically difficult. I got one copy of this at AWA. I wasn't really content with the condition. Then, finally, this one person sold theirs. So, I'm going to get both copies, compare, compare and kind of show y'all next time, if when I get it. But and then sell me the copy. worst copy. So... My last one that I'll show is Paradise Kiss. Oh. Yeah, there. Yeah, the art box version is a lot harder to get without spending through the nose anyway. I didn't spin through the nose. Of course. That's the only time shop. you get those type of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. The You buy, buy the starter kit, starter pack and it has everything with it. I don't know. I think just getting the art box at all is pretty hard because I have the three individual volumes that I got for dirt cheap a while ago. No box, like three hundred bucks. 
And according to ANN, if you just look at the anime works side, not the Media Blaster side, I got everything except uh, what's the one that you said, uh, FDD and M? Twelve Kingdoms Volume Three, Blu-ray. No, Bakuno. That's Baku. not anime works. Baku. Bakugan. Bakugan. No, not not the marble one. The one with the manga no. artists. That's we, he, he was That's, talking about Bakugan. I'm not saying Bakugan. They sound very similar. I know. I know. There's like five titles that sound similar, and I keep getting those mixed up every so time. So you don't have Bakuman? I do not. I know it's, it's just like one the volume. The easiest one to get is super Bakuman. cheap on right stuff. They have yeah, I'm, I'm debating on getting it. I mean, there's not a rush right now until. Who Are knows you when. complete with your pickups? I am. I am. Okay. So before we go on to the uh, articles, I wanted to let you guys know Danny has. Um, so Danny lives in South Africa, right? And he has to proxy ship everything that he buys for his collection. Um, and he bought Legend of the Galactic Heroes. But he actually has, because of all the stuff we discussed in the last couple of podcasts about it, um, doesn't actually want it anymore. So he's looking to sell uh, that set. Um, and I think uh, he he's aiming around $600. Um, might be willing to go a little bit lower. But uh, I just wanted to let you guys know, in case anybody was interested, that um, I can get you guys in contact with him if you wanted to get it. His set is sealed. It's unopened. But keep in mind that the actual um, inside-the-box set itself is not shrink-wrapped. That's how they were shipped and everything. So what you would be getting would be... Um, you know, for a significant, you know, decrease in price from the $800, you would be getting um, straight from Sentai the box without a guarantee that everything would be, um, you know, perfect in terms of the, um, you know, scratching from the disc sliding around and whatnot. So, uh, and if you wanted to like commit to buy, but have Danny um, actually have somebody open the box uh, or whatever, or you, you might be able to work something out. You just, you'd have to get in touch with him. So I just want to let you guys know that, that, that if you were looking to get that set, but didn't want to spend the full 800, there might be an option for you anyway. Um, so now that it finally opened, uh, I'm going to check out real quick. The other title so the for the Armageddon. The first, uh, uh, article is, are the fan pass tickets available? I already went through that. That was the opening discussion. Oh, I must have missed it somehow. <laughs> yeah, hold on. So, hmm, it's interesting. So, Armageddon was released twice. They were both part of. Uh, there was just the U. They were both U.S. manga corps. One of them was Twentieth um, right. Century. I'm pretty sure it's Genma Wars, the movie, um, and that I I don't know why I have it listed under Armageddon, even though that's what it's titled on this release. Anyway, so um, going back to articles, we're going to Kickstarter news. So let me go ahead and share screen here. So Victorian Romance Emma uh, has surpassed their goal. Um, what's the current stretch goal for uh, dubbing the second? 180,000. Yep. Um, well, they've got time. time. It took them about Keep in mind, when they were going through Aria, they said if they weren't able to get only season one dubbed, they were going mm -hmm. to do another Kickstarter to get the other seasons dubbed. Right. So 
That um, like. But it will cost them less. The thing is that we want them to get through the 180 because it costs them less and it'll cost us less for them to get it uh, in this Kickstarter rather than having to set this all up again and in the future. I know. So no. um, if you haven't backed it yet, I, I would suggest you guys do and that you share it around and everything. What I was saying was that... Uh, Four, it took them 14 days to get to this or something. It says 13 days to go. So that that's basically half the Kickstarter. So I feel like they definitely could get the 180,000 by the end, unless it has a really big slump. Uh, yeah, considering they've only got about um, 62,000 left. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, next up, the one for thing some I reason... Mention. Augie. Oh, I can explain. I can explain Tell me you about why. this Frank Yowie you've got okay. going. It's not Yowie, that's okay. Rama. <laughs> All right, I'll go back to my last thing on Emma later. Why? Why the hell am I pointing this out? This person, Jeremiah White, has been working on this Jerry ever White. since. Jeremiah White. I'm still stuck in Family Matters. Uh, this person has been working on this project for an extremely long time. He started working on this back when Aaron from Game Grumps was working on at MTV animating stuff. So he's slow, so, is what you're saying. <laughs> he's slow. So he's a slow artist. This better look better than Red Line. Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> That's debatable. So what this guy right done now, is people. I know you're seeing that. He is I, 3D. Will you let I me talk? I let guarantee talk. you, uh Ronma's pregnant with maybe quadruplets. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge belly. I'm I don't know why why it's that big, but this person has seed has this went through has a and bizarre 3D model. Probably, are you going to even let me talk? <laughs> he has went through and made a 3D model of the whole city that Rama is supposed to take place in. It was supposed to be 3D animated, made it, or that was his goal. Then he swapped to this. I have no idea what this guy is doing on this project, but it's taken like two decades to get to this part. So I'm not sharing it because I have a fetish for this or anything. I'm sharing it because I'm amazed that this guy has took this project for two decades now. At least he's trying yeah. to finish or put out something. I will say this. There will be DVDs of this. He's going <laughs> to release DVDs. So, I mean... If I have the cash for it, I'd buy it just for the oddity in the collection. Um, yeah. I don't know where I would put it, though. If I'd put it at the beginning with all the other oddities, or if I'd actually put it next to Ronma. <laughs> I have no idea. This is an but, OVA. Takahashi. <laughs> not oh, endorsed. Although, although it says here in his little thing, uh, Ronma Half and Rumiko Takahashi slash Shoku Khan uh, Kitty Film Fuji should, is that Fugi TV? Should that be Fuji TV? Maybe it's just a typo. That's Fugi. No, that is Fugi. It is a different one? Okay. 
Rama's Declaration of Motherhood and Jara White slash JW Studios. All rights reserved. Rama's Declaration of Motherhood is 100% fan-made production. No copyrighted image from either the Rama half manga or anime is contained within this project. That's a lot. <laughs> the use of any characters owned and created by Rumiko Takashi is purely intended as free promotion and advertising of the Rama half franchise. Yeah, that'll hold it's up. It's supposed to be one half. <laughs> Say what? It is one supposed half. to be one half. Whatever. Anyway, the distribution of this product uh, is for nonprofit purposes. Any money made from DVD sales, this is why I'm bringing this up, is purely for recouping costs and funding the production of future JW, JW Studios animations and fan base fan-based or otherwise. So um, first of all, you're not going to recoup your costs unless you sell those DVDs for a lot of money, considering you've been at this for like a decade. Um, but yeah. So anyway, this exists. Uh, you're welcome. We've brightened your day by uh, bringing this to your attention. You thought Bowsette was bad. Take a look. <laughs> um, oh, also, this is the official logo from <laughs> from uh, the oh, American no, no. release uh, by Viz, right? Yeah. Looks so so that determined that was a lie, right? <laughs> is it? Let yeah. me double check. Well, yeah, then they just definitely, that's definitely the, the Viz logo. Here. So, so this is a flat-out lie at the begin at the end of the uh, at the end of the thing here. Well, it's like how every freaking anime illegal anime site says, "Yeah, we promise we are very serious about copyright. Anything that doesn't belong to us, we'll uh, get rid of once it's flagged or something." Right, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Anyway, do we? Do you want to? Do you want to say more about uh, Emma? I I do, because I'm going to call them out for, um, I made that comment saying, uh, yo, just so you know, everyone's going to get really pissed if you don't really nail these uh, British dub. Why don't you get uh, real people from the UK to voice the characters type thing? And then they said in their comment, who said we're not getting people from the UK? And I based that assumption on the fact they said their studio was like based in New York or whatever. Like, and then they cut, put out this update saying, here's our director or whatever to make sure the British is authentic. And it's a real, it sounds like they're a real authentic British person, but it's like, you lied. You're not getting real authentic British people to voice the characters. Yeah, just voice training. So um, something you should bring up, uh, or I'll bring up that you should bring up tomorrow. Tomorrow there's a Reddit AMA with Sean Kleckner. Um, so... The fifth. That's tomorrow, Friday. At I want to call him out on like the antenna sets and stuff, but I also Central don't time. at the same time. So there's there's a uh, AMA that you can go to this link, right? It's just going to be at our anime. It's probably going to be a pinned thing. It shouldn't be hard to find, um, but obviously you can just go to Emma, go to comments, and find it here. Otherwise, or just uh, watch the video back and type in that URL hand by, by hand, <laughs> right? Um, so anyway, there'll be an AMA tomorrow. Uh, you can ask him. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything, right? So you be it'll be like an open book discussion. You could ask him any questions you want. He'll try to answer. I don't know that, you know, if you ask him really bizarre, weird questions, I don't think he's going to waste his time on you because uh, AMAs are pretty much just promotional stuff, um, but they sometimes get like interesting tidbits out. So you can bring that up if you want. Yeah, if someone would like, could someone ask on my on our behalf why they made these dumb decisions for some of the collectors, like Gundam Wing, etc. Like, well, let's uh, let's elaborate on that another time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Briefly so uh, on Emma from last time, it won't yeah, take long. Ahead. When I said I was surprised by it, 
I knew it was going to be Emma. I got followed the clues. I was able to reason it. I knew it was Emma. I'll enjoy this. A lot of other people enjoy this. But technically, some people will look at this and see a animated book report. So there might be draws. I, I funded it. I'm drawn into it. But it might not be a draw for a lot of other people. That's right. what I was trying to point at last time. Okay. Moving on. Convention news. Augie, I guess you get an hour to talk about uh, uh, your yes. adventures. Um, AWA, if I, was having, if I had to compare it with AX, I kind of like AWA more than AX. Um, major differences between the two. There's no security bag check or pass in pass out do you have people actually looking for the bags and scanning i mean looking for your badge and scanning for that um the one of the weird tidbits is last year it was funded by crunchyroll i didn't mind that i got to see the creator of girls and panzer talk about an ova they did for another show that was cool but this time with High Dive, it seemed like it was structured a little differently. Like it was more streamlined instead of relaxed. Like I said before, the blue bags, I have no idea why they did that. Did that because all it was doing is just make a big mess. Um, the panels, I would say AX did better than AWA because... Some of them is either a political therapy group, technically. You have that. You have uh, Third Impact, which is a very mediocre group that goes around doing panels, and it's more, my opinion, not really factual. However, on the other side, when it comes to the industry stuff, there were some pretty cool things there. You have your standard company company panels and you have like uh, one of the music producers for from Toonami there there uh, Neil Nadelman doing some stuff like his totally lame anime and you get it you get to hear more ins insights with his uh, into the industry with he had a lost licenses panel and he was able to detail and articulate a little bit more on how some titles are lost or how some of the companies are able to get licenses to be released. Um, one thing for AX, NIS America was at AX, not at AWA. There was like one or two other vendors that RAX that aren't over at AWA. Other than that, same vendors. You have one vendor that I really don't care that's over at AWA, but some people like them. I don't. That's my that's my two cents on it. The concerts are always amazing there. They have like this huge uh, AC. Remember when uh, we saw the preview? Three previews. In the big hall right beside 
I forgot what you call it. It's like a gaming room. Yeah. Like when it was about that that big, big, and they would have concerts and other stuff in there. Um, other than that, if you haven't been to AWA, it's just another typical AWA. Another improvement from last year to this year, I mean, from this year to last year, is their gaming room. They expanded it even further. Used to in this dead, technically dead mall attached to the hotel. There's this movie theater that's always caged up. This time around, AWA was able to open up more that hallway and even go inside the movie theater for their video games. Gaming area. Um, with that said, that's all I have to report on AWA. Okay. Um, I have a really quick question, Augie. What's that sure. giant yellow chunk in your shelf? Giant yellow chunk, you mean? Who's got to uh, be save, uh, save editions? Yeah, those save editions. That saves? I that was like a, yeah, all those are saves. Oh, you don't reverse them? Okay. No, I like the green color. Makes me feel like the Hulk. Come on. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> all right. So... Funimation's, uh, Funimation licensed the Japanese live-action Death Note films that were previously released by Viz. I was going to say. Um, they're going to be released subtitle only on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital uh, combo packs. So, And the first two films will be bundled together. Agi, you shared this one. All right, live action Saint Young Men net series debut debuts in October 18th. Uh, pretty much, this is the anime short that you've seen with Jesus and Buddha, and now they're making a live action about oh, 10 episodes. That, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul gets a second live action film in 2019. I will remind you guys uh, that we did at Anime Expo 2017. I went to the premiere, the world premiere of the first one, and we did a first impressions video on that, uh, if you haven't checked it out. Uh, and they uh, had to recast Toka uh, for this one. There's sort of a controversy because I think, if I remember correctly, the girl who played her in the first film joined the Happy Science Cult or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, okay. and she quit acting. After that was her last role was the first Tokyo Ghoul movie, um, so anyway, look forward to that I guess. Uh, and now this is really interesting news here. So um, Augie has talked about Nikki Larson, which is the French version. The whatever reason they call City Hunter Nikki Larson this is, which is a character in the show. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of the sister of Rio's main love interest or who he'd like to get, but you barely see. It's kind of like calling Garfield Lionel. I don't know why. Yeah, stall for a minute. I gotta, I'm going to grab... Uh, the, uh, the archive doesn't have the video link, so I'm going to... Um, Fair enough. Now, this is the 30th anniversary for City Hunter. As I mentioned, as we already know, a, uh, Anaplex is releasing a movie next year. We have the Chinese movie, and because I haven't had an article for this, we have this French movie coming out. So that's three movies for City yeah. Hunter. Okay, I got it. Yeah, uh, and I got to show you 
So we've talked a little bit about how it's very difficult to make a live action adaptation of an anime, particularly because so many anime are so over the top and wild that you just can't accurately bring that anime energy to the big screen. And I've said in the past that one of the only places that can do that is Japan when they do a Japanese live action, because the idea is that you're adapting something for a Japanese audience again to an, uh, to a Japanese audience. Well, I got to say that uh, the French, yeah, your Kotaku pop up. The French uh, have done a pretty phenomenal job adapting this uh, in the sense that if, if you look at the trailer, um, it's a little jarring to see the characters in live action, but the spirit uh, and the humor, the comedy of it, uh, is incredible. Incredibly well pulled off um, in it. No, this is a love letter. Yeah, no, th this looks to be a pretty amazing uh, adaptation. There's some very funny gags in the trailer. There's a part where he, uh, a maid or somebody, walks into the room, or a nurse, and he, he points his gun at her out of reflex, and she puts her hands up, and in doing so, it lifts up her dress enough that you can see her, like, uh, the ends of her of her stockings attached to the garter belt. And then he, when he realizes it's not a threat, he puts the gun back over to the person he should have the gun on, right? And then he puts the gun back on her, so she puts her hands up again, and he can get another peek. So it's got a very, uh, it's got a very true to the sort of city hunter um, style, very, very great. Like you said, it's a love letter to the series, a very um, capable uh, cast involved. The only downside is that it's uh, it's in French. So um, I can like French. Yeah, but I'm just saying like uh, it, it will probably get a dub, I, I would hope. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just it, it would be for our benefit. It would be awesome if it, if it had been originally performed in English, obviously. Um, but uh, other than that, it's not, not a big deal, you know, but it looks great. And it looks like something you'd be able to easily overlook because of how well uh, they're capturing uh, the spirit of the characters and the likeness of the characters and stuff. So I mean, look at Uramazu. Who? Hold on. All guy that uses explosives. Yeah. Pretty cats. I mean, they captured, they even captured how big he is. Yeah. They went. They went to a great lengths to uh, to do a good job. Anyway, if he I'm dresses up as the colonel, I'm gonna flip. Next, Netflix uh, lists the live action Jinro film for October 19th. So the South Korean remake of the anime film um, is probably going to be on Netflix on October 19th. I don't know if this is. Yeah, it says Netflix USA and Netflix Japan both currently have a listing for it. Um, anyway, continuing. So. Yeah, that was a follow-up from a previous title that you, previous article. Continue. Yeah. Um, Netflix also adds um, Mobile Suit Gundam UC. And uh, Violet Evergarden has an extra episode streaming exclusively on Netflix Japan starting October 4th, which is today. Um, and it says exclusively on Netflix Japan, but I heard... It may have gotten to the U.S. one, too. I'm not sure. I think Reese will be able to correct me if I'm wrong there. But I'm going to move on here. Um, Megalobox is going to be premiering December 8th on Toonami. Uh, with a dub, I believe. 
It's Viz. Viz, yeah. A little warning about the end. I'm not going to spoil what happens, but the music choice is very different from what you've been hearing. So be aware of that. That might throw some people. Reese says it's in the U.S. Awesome. For regarding Bio Evergarden. So this recently was discovered that uh, if you have Roku, there's a channel for TMS Anime, uh, which is obviously the company behind Lupin and everything. So and Space Adventure Cobra, Banania, and more, right? So uh, yep. There's that. Continuing here. Uh oh. Which article is this? This is the Beyblade uh, one. And it's coming Beyblade to Canada. Turbo listed with October 7 premiere on Canada's Teletoon. Yeah, Beyblade's like the only Canadian licensed anime that we have or something. <laughs> I can tell you um, why. It's too cold for the children to go outside. You have to have something to keep them inside. Yeah, they keep then, out of the... Then why the would they only board. have one? <laughs> well, they have that, Beyblade, Bakugan, uh, all those like kids uh, okay. shows. Yeah, I was gonna say if if they if that were true, they'd have a lot of them. <laughs> um, so uh, Battle Angel Alita. Uh, so Reese just messaged me that the uh, the Violet Evergarden special ha is a separate entry on on uh, on mm. Netflix. Yeah. Um, for the OVA thing, Battle Angel Alita has been uh, pushed back again. I believe now it's. February, yeah, so uh, it's going to come out on Valentine's Day. Um, Once again, reducing the animeism. Do you think they... Well, this is from the first trailer, I think, right here, but uh, I'm not sure that that's particularly what's going on. In, like, I, I think that there's a little bit more to it. I think it's in production hell right now. Uh, Probably. At least it's they're showing progress. Not, let, me, let me just say that when a film gets pushed back like this, you because this is the second time it's been pushed back, just for the record. It feels instinctively like, oh, they're going to have more time to make it better. No, in reality, th that that's not how it works. Usually, they'll just hire more people and they will they'll like slave drive people to get things done on time. If that's the case, um, when this happens, it's it's forced. It costs them so much money to push stuff back like this that when this happens. It's usually because something has gone so horribly wrong that they're it's forced their hand, right? So this does not. See, I mean, I I don't think the movie is going to be good. It seems like the directions being taken in is. It doesn't seem like anybody involved in the project um, really is on the same page. Uh, Hugo said that his inspiration was Snake Plissken from uh, Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York with Kurt Russell. So um, it just seems like this is going to be a bad. Uh, um, I don't think this is going to go well. Anyway, moving on. My Hero Academia: Two Heroes has earned more than five million dollars in a week uh, with a limited screening. Um, so this has this has blown fireworks out of the water fireworks i think was 500 and something thousand 530,000 something like that um your name which had a much wider release i think was 187,000 or 187 million pardon uh so um 
this is pretty impressive. And um, this was something I think everybody predicted that, that my hero academia would do this. Well, um, I saw it, uh, the first day that it, that it was out with duo and the theater was completely packed. In fact, our tickets, when we had gotten up there to get in, I had the barcode. It had already been scanned. Somebody spoofed our tickets. Um, Jesus. so yeah, crazy, crazy amount of hype behind this. Um, so yeah. Also, uh, in other news regarding this, they have added two more days. So October 4th, which is actually today, uh, and the 6th, um, they, they're going to have another screening. Um, so it seems like right now, unless you're already there, which maybe that's why our, our viewership is a little lower, um, than usual, uh, you're going to want to go to this one. And just so you know, whether it's dub or sub is dependent on whether or on, on the sales of the individual theater. So if the theater in your town had more sub screenings, more sold more tickets for the sub screenings than it did for the dub screenings, it's probably going to be sub on these two extra days. Uh, if it was vice versa, then it's going to be dub, right? So, um, so if you want to see it one way or the other, uh, call up the theater and find out, um, and just look around and see, look until you can find out. All right. Uh, anyway, continuing. So October 11th and 16th, MFKZ or motherfuckers, uh, the French anime from studio four C, which is a Japanese company, right. Um, yep. is going to be, uh, airing, uh, in the U S and whatnot. So, uh, just on the 11th and 16th. And uh, I'm assuming it was a, it's only going to be in English because they keep advertising Michael Chiklis, uh, which was the, he's the brother in um, Breaking Bad, right? The DNA I never watched or whatever. No, um, well, he's also, he's also in, um, anyway, he's, he's in uh, a lot of crime shows and whatnot. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to continue now. So Hasbro uh, has a slate for going to MIPCOM. And in the image here, um, now th th this is a, an, a replacement article to one that I can't show you because I, don't, I can't access Anime News Network right now, so I don't have more information on it. Uh, but Zoids is being featured here in their slate. Um, and in here, I didn't see Zoids in the... I remember if they announced a new anime for Zoids. They this were speculating it. about it. Yeah, I don't like see a while ago I mean, maybe I'm Japan. blind, but I don't I don't see Zoids listed in their programs here. But in the image, they've got Zoids on the picture. Maybe they just needed to throw an extra title or two in there. I don't know. Keep in mind there's but, also uh, new game of Zoids that's supposed to be related to this. Yeah. So Oh, um, yeah, Reese was run, reminding me that in the original Fantastic Four movies, not not the original original, I don't think, but the one with uh, the one where Chris Evans plays the Human Torch, um, Michael ah. Chiklis was the thing in that movie. Okay. So, and that one and the one with the Silver Surfer. Um, Maggie Moji Rurumo uh, has a new... Um, Maggie Moji Rurumo? Magi. Okay. Magi emoji. Okay. So this has got a new, um, what is this, a web? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. Or original animation DVD oh, that comes with limited edition volume of the manga. Okay. So, so you can look yes, forward to that. Yes, there's more. <laughs> I'm hyped for that as well, Augie. 
Um, there's a link. Everything. Yeah, if you want to read Augie's review on it, there's a link. Uh, at least, at least show them a taste. Yeah, I enjoyed that show when I watched it back in the day. I, I'm sad it's not I liked over it here. Too. Here's Augie's review. It's not over here, and I wish it didn't oh, just kind of stop. Um, anyway, um, go ahead. Continue. What was that comment? What I said you were, you were talking while I was showing your review, so I don't think anybody saw it. Oh, thank you. Oh, gee. Please My comment if you saw the review. <laughs> My Hero Academia anime officially gets a fourth season to the surprise of absolutely no one. Yep. <laughs> Arrow Manga Sensei uh, OAV has a new deadline in January 2019. Monday. I love how they just throw around OAV, OVA. They keep flipping them back and forth. And with this yeah. show, I don't know if it actually is an original adult video. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, again, we'll be watching this for the is week. Is it just saying deadline to get in the manga mangaka spirit or what? I don't know. I don't. Who yeah, knows? I don't. Know, I don't know why they chose to to title it that. But um, again, we'll be watching this uh, for the podcast on November fifteenth. Not not that particular. We'll be watching the show, not not the OVA, because that's coming out in January. We're going to go to the future. Inquiry says he wants to make a new Fatal Fury anime, which I very Damn much straight. welcome. Kind of strange it just didn't launch off after the first three. Like, there's a movie and two OVAs. Yeah, they're they're kind would... of um they're kind of cult. Uh, they're sort of a cult classic, though. Like weirdly, they didn't pick up as much as they should have. Probably because the original ones were released sort of by an obscure company, especially over here. Um, uh, but, well, it was Viz originally. <laughs> was it Viz? Yeah, it was Viz. Then Discotech thankfully got it. I'm not sure if all three were released. I know two at least. Yeah, I, I've got them somewhere. E. Fake Stay Night should be right here. I'm still yeah. surprised how good it yeah, is, right. but I thought, are, I thought they were Urban Vision or something off the top of my head. But you're right. Uh, nah. it well, the animation style looks like it would be from them. The problem with them, so that okay, so yeah, there were there were three because one of them was Double Impact, which I think just contained two, and then there was the motion picture. So uh, the major problem with the Viz releases is that they put the same picture of Terry Bogard, <laughs> which is. Yeah, like, what, why on earth would anybody do that? Like, what's what's up with uh, designers? It's like they just took the old one and they and they're like they forgot to replace they it. Like the they were just covering up the old artwork with new artwork in the template or whatever they they used from the old one. Yeah, just have anyway. just do this, just release Dragon Ball and have the face of Yamcha just looking at the camera with his tooth missing and all all the volumes of the spine. Anyway, continuing yeah. from here, we've got um, so 68-year-old singer Shigeru Matsuzaki uh, portrayed Guts in a Berserk manga live-action PV. So for the uh, was it like the the 40th volume here, which is coming 15 months after the last one, uh, they made a live-action uh, segment here with an actor portraying Guts. Um, he looks like he's fighting like the Langoliers. <laughs> it's pretty uh, pretty hideous in terms of the uh, the actual effects. Uh, also, he's very old. He's almost seventy. Um, but uh, but still, you know, it, it was still kind of cool to see it. Um, speaking of which, I actually saw I saw the uh, um, 
the Bleach movie that's on Netflix. My wife was dying to see it. Uh, pretty bad. <laughs> uh, pretty cringy. Let me put that put it that way. Um, but uh, I could have told you that. But it did look good enough that I feel like in the right hands, a, a Berserk movie could be pretty awesome. Um, it was just that the subject matter in Bleach was was just the the dub especially was just horrendous. Um, so they ain't got the reprising Berserk. So for what? this berserk ad, what weirds me out is this is the perfect chance to use a wrestler, but they chose a singer. Oh well, I don't think it matters. Um, so Gridman protects Akihabara on TV anime launch day. So according to this, launch day is the sixth. I could have sworn it was the seventh, but. Um, the 6th, I think, makes a little bit more sense because I think the 7th is a Sunday. What day is today? The 4th? 5th? Yeah, 6th is Saturday. So on the 6th, they're going to be taking over a bunch of TVs uh, in Akihabara. They're going to like hijack the feed kind of thing and uh, and have Gridman uh, propaganda showing or whatever. Um, also, hmm. I've decided... Oh, it's supposed to be laptops. No, I'm pretty sure it said TVs on the... At least on the... Uh, on the uh, Anime News Network article, which obviously I don't have here because I had to switch to this one since we lost our ability to view yeah. those. Um, and then there were also, you able to get your photo taken with Gridman on a first-come, first-served basis. The, funny, the thing I find so funny about this is that the people who would want to get their photo taken with Gridman are so old now like the people who actually cared about Gridman growing up, they're so old now that they're not going to care about it, and their kids don't care yet because they haven't. They have no reason to care about Gridman. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just seems like kind of a dumb uh, thing. Now I will say that uh, Augie, Augie, and I watched Gridman, uh, the first episode at Anime Expo, and I decided for the first impression series that if I don't have access to the footage of the thing we watch that I'll just wait to release those until I do, because I just feel like the videos are that much better um, when they have footage from the thing we're talking about. And um, unless there's plenty of footage in the, uh, in the trailers. Um, oh, I talk to back. Um, but, uh, but the thing is that um, the other benefit to waiting is that if I release things early, like for instance, if I were to release the one we did for, for My Hero Academia, I'd probably get a lot of hits on it just because it's so popular. But the video itself would be almost unbearable to watch if you can't have some visual breaks from us sitting in the car. You know what I mean? So anyway. Yeah, um, I think you can do convey enough just by describing it. I don't think it's necessary. But it, it helps to break up the monotony. Um, and there's, there's parts where, um, when I can use clips, I can actually significantly cut down the length of the video by cutting out stuttering and stuff, because I can hide, I can hide it visually with the clip of something we're talking about. And it, it shrinks everything down to, a, to an easier to follow, more cohesive thing. So, um, but with Gridman, obviously if I were, if I was to release that, if I was to have released that in July, when we, when we recorded it almost nobody would watch it because they haven't seen it yet. You know what I mean? And they'd have no desire to, to see it. So I'm going to wait till after it airs and then I'm going to just pop in the, uh, the footage I'm missing um, from it. And then uh, hopefully I'll get that out to you guys soon. It is coming out out of order. I should also establish that the first impressions videos are going to start coming out out of order. They've already started coming out out of order um, with uh, attack on Titan, but um, 
Breathe, I'm AC. Putting Breathe. Them in the playlist in chronological order. So if uh, if you check them out that way in the future, you'll be able to see. It, it really shouldn't matter too much um, unless we reference something in there, which which I don't think is going to be a big deal for all these things that that we're going to have coming out for the time being. Um, it's not going to be a big deal if you watch them out of order. But if you wanted to at some point sit down and marathon them all for my sake, um, you could watch them in order through the playlist when they come out. Anyway, continuing. Wrap your mind around an exclusive Mob Psycho 100 manga sample. So I bring this up because we're going to be doing uh, Mob Psycho 100 not next podcast, but the podcast after that for our watch club. And Wait, this what? is available for you to read. Mob Psycho's 100's uh, manga is done by we doing the, the original artist from One Punch Man. Yeah, and it wasn't redrawn. That's what I find interesting. Yeah. But oh, Hold on, hold on. I thought we were doing... Haunted Junction on the first week of first podcast of November. No, I, I believe we're doing that, that for December or December. I thought that was going to be a sentimental journey. As there's silence, what was kind of funny at AWA is they have they would have a premiere a few premieres, but as soon as it got closer to it, they had to stop it because they didn't, the companies did not want them to compete with the movie theaters. So that was kind of strange to say the least. Uh, Augie or uh, Reese said, and the English release is coming out in November. Or Mo before Mob, Psycho. Mob Psycho 100 manga. Okay. So November 29th is a uh, haunted junction. Okay. Um, November 1st is Mob Psycho 100. Uh, and then okay. Sentimental Journey is right after that for December 13th. And then Yormungand is going to be uh, and is going to be uh, one after that. I, I guess it's not in here yet. Um, anyway, so back to what we're doing here. So Higurashi no Naku Koro coming to the PS4. Um, I think this was confirmed. It says here rumor. I think it was confirmed in the. Uh, yeah, it was confirmed. Um, so yes. disregard that it's a rumor. So yeah, that's coming to PS4. Obviously, this and is Switch. relevant because it's it's our our watch club right now. Um, Fist of the North Star: Lost Paradise is an outstanding open world oasis. So they've got this new Fist of the North Star game that looks pretty good. Um, big open world. Uh, they claim that <laughs> the irony is. It's an is, RPG. Well, they said that the irony is that uh, the models, let's see, character models look so close to Buronsan's art uh, that it makes the animations look kind of wonky, which is pretty funny to me. Like they're, they're that close in terms of how they're modeled that they look funky when they move because of it. So anyway, but it, it looks cool. I'd love to play it. I just don't have uh, the means or time to. And Dance Dance Revolution is getting a Hollywood movie. Am I the only one thinking that it's just going to be an advanced version of that King of the Hill episode when Bobby goes to Japan? Is DDR getting an anime too? That's a arcade gamer. Uh, all right. Baruki. Kabuki. There you go. It's not in front of me. Okay, so um, 
I think it's going to be, what is that stupid step up uh, or whatever? Yeah. I, th I think it's just going to be like, a, it's going to be the um, <laughs> Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift version of step up. <laughs> uh, anyway, Shout Factory and 11 Arts uh, sign a distribution agreement. So that's I mean, interesting news. I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> And but yeah, one of the things I, I found very, very, very funny here is Professor Who, uh, who who was the one that we quoted yeah. extensively about the Legend of Galactic Heroes um, stuff in the last couple of podcasts, uh, said rip uh, picture quality. <laughs> As in, mm, that's Factory's picture quality is not spectacular. Um, hey, it's not what I mean by that? I, I uh, wish I knew. Ready Player One, Reese. Anyway, um... Digimon Adventure Try six film collection plus exclusive lithograph uh, is just in a standalone uh, uh, Blu-ray. Like, it's it? not. It's not like an art box yet. It's coming out December eleventh. Actually, maybe I don't want a double dip, and it doesn't have any like big sleeve at least, like the yeah. season four. It has it's a nice lithogram. that that's available. It's it's cheaper though. That is true. But yeah, it's still like, if you weren't me, then it would be a great option. Yeah. So Discotech acquires Dinosaur King, which is an English dubbed uh, anime or something like that. Like, or This yep. is Seasons English dubbed. And this two. is like Robotech and uh, Macross, like where they reversioned it for US audiences. So the English dub is so different from like the Japanese one that they have to be released separate or something like that. Kind of like uh, yeah. Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah, and also, like, uh, didn't they have a separate releases for Monster Rancher and Monster Farm? Yeah, right. That right. as well. They had to, they had, they confirmed the date for uh, Babylon, Gold of Babylon, and Hells, which I believe has, uh, those are going to have a December slate. Okay. Viz Media announces that they are now going to have uh, Snow White with the Red Hair manga. So that'll be getting released. Um, do we, do you want to talk about um, the Viz topic? I said we should save for the podcast. Uh, FD They're Diego. lazy about releasing it anyway. <laughs> well, should we get uh, to so that when we get to the... Before the podcast, FDDM brought up the fact that uh, we, were, we were talking about Viz and FDDM brought up the fact that they don't get a lot of anime and most of the anime they get is very long running. And, uh, I, there's a study that was done recently by a high school student, um, that was done in Dutch, uh, but on Reddit, he typed it up in English or, or like a summary of it. Um, so on the, our anime subreddit, if you look right now, there's a, there's a study that was done, um, for a kid's history class where he, he looked at the effect of manga sales once the anime comes out. Um, and he, for, for popular shows like Tokyo Ghoul, um, Attack on Titan and whatnot, those shows drastically improved the, um, manga sales, uh, like by double digit millions kind of levels, you know, like huge, huge, huge amounts. Um, so, uh, I wonder if Viz owns the mangas to things like Naruto and whatnot as well, that they might have a, you know, like 
I, I wonder if they're getting these things to make sure that they get a release and stuff because it helps their manga sales. And they might even they might even hold off on releasing things quickly because it, it kind of gets people to buy more of their manga. I wonder if that's uh, a working factor into why their business strategy is handled the way it is. Wait, so, uh, so and they you also mean, good. I was gonna say, so you mean that they don't release the anime intentionally because they want more people to buy the manga, but I thought the if they had the anime, people watch the anime and be like, oh, I need to. No, get I, I was saying, I was saying that I wonder if they like, for instance, with Naruto, um, you get Naruto, you get Bleach, whatever, and then you intentionally release it slower than you are able to, so that people then people get, get the impatient and buy the manga to, to see where it goes. Okay. I see what you like, mean. I wonder if that's a factor or not. But Bakuman's been completed and complete release box for a long time, and they don't they have also, a single. They've also uh, bent us over the bench with uh, with Monster. So what do you want me to say? <laughs> Viz Media uh, also announced the acquisition of the Mister Osamatsu anime series. That was a while. Announced the voice actors at AWA. Yeah, but they, who cares about them? Um. Sentai Filmworks got Gaku and Basara Samurai High School. Oh, hell you guys yeah. were, Wait, you guys were saying what? why why not Funimation? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was about to say. But hell yeah, I'm so hyped for that. <laughs> it's gonna be so stupid. I love it. Uh, they also got Release the Spice, not to be confused with High Guardian Spice. The Girl in Twilight, Bloom into You. And then we've got their January slate, which includes Rocket Girls, Land of the Lustrous, which is going to come in a steelbook. We'll get to uh, that with the releases. Year. And G-Kids licensed, licensed The Never-Ending Man, a Hayao Miyazaki documentary. So is this the second documentary about Hayao Miyazaki? I think there was um, one sure about there's a ton of them. There's another one called The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. And then there's a there's one for Isao Takahata called um Isao Takahata and his tale of Princess Kage or something like that. Um, which was specifically about that movie, I believe. Uh, I think it's the most the last documentary that was done before he died. Um, and here's our right stuff thing not working again. Look at this ridiculous size okay. thing. Which one? The Totoro yeah, one. I, I, I opened exploring. it in a new tab, so we'll be able to grab it. Okay. Boy, I wish I could afford uh, some of this stuff right now. Girls last. I really time. wish. I really wish I, I had a place would right. stop it. You don't think I did it right? It's it's new. No, there's uh, some that are in stock. Oh wait, yeah, down the. Yeah, it's just that these ones have a release date of like 2027. <laughs> this one is still to be to be determined for the release date, so they're at the top. All right. So this bizarre adventure set oh, three. Set three. This Open is one up. of the few things I'm actually gonna buy while I'm. Doing poorly on uh, finances. Yeah, Land of the Lustrous. Get Rocket Girls. It could be Hataraki Man, whichever one you want. Or even Human so, Crossing. 
Some people are still baffled by Human Crossing getting a Blu-ray release, but it's okay. SD Blu-ray. What's, what's weird about that is it's a show. I haven't seen it all the way, but it's like a show about boxing, and these people don't like it. And these are the ones that are like uber excessed over tomorrow's Joe. So, okay. And we're into stuff from last time. Yeah. Really? I don't think we talked about this last time, though. I think it's just it's weird because it's 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 well, listed by... It must have been announced a lot closer to the release date. Yeah. Right. That's what I was going to say. The Silver Guardian, I don't think we talked about this either. That was last... Like, oh, Hi Karasan, Here Comes Miss Modern is a new one that... We didn't do last time. I'm pretty sure that was literally announced. We today. did talk. Well, we did talk about it in an article. And then there's a handmade sexual tale, but that's hidden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's the um, November 27th is when the Legend of Gold Babylon Blu-ray is coming out. Same with Hell's. Oh crap! I forgot about the Girls Last Tour Premium Edition. Oh well. I mean, there, there's not much to say besides, ooh, it's premium. I, I already um, I opened that in a new tab already. Okay. I think we're well into uh, we're well into the older titles now, so um, shall yeah. I uh, go through them now? Yes. yes. Okay, so I want to start here just because this looks like freaking ridiculous. Don't go this way, G-Kids. I don't give a shit about the stupid art book thing. I think it was intentionally Aww. made to be a CD that had the Blu-ray on it. Ridiculous. I'm saddened by this. I thought the spine was going to be a lot wider, so you get like the art book and maybe a pl huge plush of the guy, but oh well. Here's the uh, girls' last tour. This looks fun. Definitely can't afford oh, it. Oh, it's fun. It's a fun show. What gets me is if I want the premium box, why aren't they showing me the premium box? <laughs> because the artwork's because not finished with it. Principle, which took like five months for them to develop the final artwork. So is this the one that was previously released? Uh, no. Finally getting a Blu-ray? Nope. No, this is Stardust Crusaders there. Part 2. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought that that was all released in the first... Uh, this, I thought that was released in set two. I have, I have this is not the it's 48 episodes, and set two was one to 24. Set one was okay. seasons one and two. I know. Set one was seasons one and two. Set two, I thought, had all of Stardust Crusaders. Well, te technically, you want to say arcs. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm going to move on. So, Land of Lustrous, Steelbook. Um, FDDM, you want to talk about the... Uh, the design... Should How, I pull up or a Battler Dumbine? Yeah, sure. Go for it. And uh, and Tula If you, oh yeah, they still have the Blu-rays. Because I was gonna say if they're still in print, but I was thinking of the out print DVDs for some reason. Uh, I'd go with season let me, one. Let me do the or I I didn't see it there. So uh, you guys notice anything uh, about these uh, ugly? I only think it's ugly more specifically because it's reused, so you see it and you're like, cop out. I think it worked here Kinda. for some weird, weird reason. Probably right. It reminds me of like a, 
border for a mirror more than a picture. It doesn't look like a border for this anything. This just seems lazy. Yeah. Like, why not? Why not just have the artwork extend all the way? Yeah. Now I actually have a, something to say about this. Is that it's steel book for some reason, but I don't. <laughs> I'm not too. Wait, read a little. Read a little bit of that summary, FDDM. It makes sense for this to be a steel book, given the what? I know it's CG it shows about. Oh, no, is the robots? They're not robots. They're more technically, I would say, more golem-like, but they're not robots. Well, it's more so that I'm impressed that they're going to stick this premium label, whatever, into the form factor of a normal release, but it's still a Sentai premium, so it'll be kind of weird because premium. Well, it's still their first still book. Mm, yeah, I was thinking Funimation steel book for Akira, but yeah. Okay, can I move on? You guys are yes. Good. Yes. I'm good. Go buy it. Here's Rocket Go buy that Girls. too. Okay. I have a thing to say. It's not necessarily particular this one, but they are taking SD SD Blu-rays finally from the Sentai Filmworks label. Um, they're using it for 12 episode series. So they're one upping Discotech because Discotech was like 26 their lowest so far. This is just 12 episodes, which I'm, I like that because it still saves them one disc of production, technically, and it gives you yep. more Blu-ray authoring is still, I think, more expensive than uh, DVD, and um, pressing like and stuff is still more expensive, so I, it, I don't know how much they're actually saving. Me okay, neither, but... Like, if you had an OVA that was only a half hour... Putting it on. I don't think they're going to put it on an SD Blu-ray. I know, but I'm just saying, putting it on a Blu-ray, um, an SD Blu-ray would be, it'd just be a huge waste of money. It'd be ridiculous. Can you scroll down and see if there's any extra features? No. Clean opening animation, clean closing animation. Okay, I remember when uh, back in 2012, Bandai, when uh, Bandai site was still up, they were selling this. It was like a complete series for like eight dollars, dollars, and I think for some reason, like, went up way in price for those resellers out there. So glad to see you getting get a re re release. And the interesting thing to note is that, that along with Human Crossing and Hitta Rocky Man or whatever was it Hitta Rocky Man? Hitta Rocky new? Man. Whichever one. I'm not sure if that's a rescue, but I. The other two are from Bondi, and I don't think those were on the like. Uh, was it on their announcements? Like, could have sworn Human Crossing was Genion. So Reese pointed out that uh, Fireworks has two reviews, two stars. Better off skipping this one. This film had good potential, but squandered it with a lack of focus on a coherent story and poor development of primary characters. The animation is mostly very well done, but there are scenes of very poorly integrated CGI. The overall film brings nothing to the table that is memorable or is worth repeat viewing. So would not recommend this unless you've seen it before and enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the other one, a complete dead from the producer of your net here. So basically uh, these are saying exactly the same thing that I was saying. Uh, during, he says uh, he meant that as a joke. Still, uh, um, those, they're saying exactly the same thing I said during our first impressions video. 
Continuing. Hi, Karasan. Here comes Miss Modern. This is the first Nozomi X uh, 11 Arts uh, release, which is weird because we just saw that article that said Show Factory, Factory X yeah. uh, 11 Arts new partnership, which was kind of like obvious, but. Interesting. I wonder if that's going to get rid of this. Do you guys mind if I continue? Yes, yes. We're, we're, going, we're going out we're of release news now. Yeah. Okay. Card Captor Soccer Exhibit promises 200 original drawings and one giant caro. Here's what's going on in this room. In this, uh, in this part of the museum, this is the flower room. This is where fans can come in and put their flowers up in this room. So they put this big old Kiro doll plush right in the room. So it kind of draws more attention to the room, which is what's trying what they're trying to do, but just thought it was a little neat thing. And from there we've got Sanrio prepares to place giant napping toys at parks. So kind of a similar vein yeah re-zero gets a china exclusive cup noodles commercial so interesting they decided to uh animate a commercial for cup noodles and air it only in china <laughs> so anyway silver rings inspired by eight personas are the main persona five characters to be sold so i'm sharing this for you fdm because i know you love this game Right series or whatever, I, I've not watched any of it, so I couldn't tell you what the significance of any of these are. No, you don't. All I know no, is that like play the game. Head. Is that correct? They shoot themselves in the head to. to no, that's Persona, Persona Three. Okay, well that's that's the only thing I know about Persona. Uh, looking at the designs, they do have the inspiration. Some are a lot more subtle, like the mask one. That could easily be any mask, but yeah, they're they okay. Kind of <laughs> uh, from here. Attack on Titan uh, rings, which or even worse. This one, this one looks okay. Every other one looks like crap. <laughs> kind of looks like that pendant from Lord of the. I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Horrors. Okay, so Shaman King releases twentieth anniversary artifacts J figure. So Augie. You want to talk about? Uh... Yeah, they simply look amazing. I mean, they, the creator of this already came out with another spinoff manga, so I hope it gets, gets an anime soon. I still have no idea why this hasn't gotten a re-release or technically a full release. Remaster remake over here. Do you want me to no, address there's... why, why they write it Y O H here and Y O U over here? Yeah, what, what's going on there? I know it's you. Okay. Yo, In but. Japanese, when you have the U sound after the O sound, it just extends the O. So this isn't okay. yo U, it's yo, right? Uh, and in when that's translated or uh, romanized for English, um, oftentimes they'll change the, the, the U to an H. So that's why okay. Tenjo Tenge is written uh, T-E-N-J-O-H instead of J-O-U in the English release. I thought um, that was because similar... the, 
good. I thought that was because the everyone in the U.S. likes to axe the U's after the O's, so they have to like make alterations. I, yeah, well, no, they, they they just they change it to um, for pronunciation purposes, um, and uh, that's also why Kyokar Mao is written M A O H instead of M A O U. Also, for these two the, figures. Uh, they're yeah. both the initial scene, like in the manga or anime, that they're both statues of their first appearances. So when they first if show you up in remember. the panel? Yep. Interesting. Kind of surprised Rio yeah. isn't in there. <laughs> Black Butler CL Phantom High's cast doll Book of the Atlantic version has been revealed. Welcome to hell. So these, these are ball joint dolls. Uh, yeah, they're dolls, and of course, you can get it with his. Uh, Does anyone know trap. the name of this culture? What do you mean? Like Old I know they're <laughs> doll dolls, yeah, but doll, is there like a culture? Different... I forget. I mean, you have like Gangaro. You don't call. You don't go around calling them just super tan people. Um, I think it's. Just part of it's a subset of Gothic Lolita, I think. Just uh, I was right. I, I'm I'm that's a that's a subjective guess on my part. I don't know. I was right I was about your guess. Panel on <laughs> they did have a panel of this at AWA, not this particular brand, but the ball joint dolls in general. Yeah. So I guess the product is the name. So All what right, do we got so here? Here we've got the ninetieth uh, anniversary of birth. So Tezuka's ninetieth birthday special blackjack sofa. So in the uh, manga and stuff, he's he's seen sitting in this sofa, and now you can own it for yourself. Oh yeah, for like seven thousand dollars or something. Did uh, you ever resolve that one issue? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not going to waste time discussing it on the podcast because it's a waste of time. Um, let's let's come back to this one after we do this one. So, X Japan, uh, this is a band, I assume, the name of the band, right? I think so, yeah. They're like yeah, so, Japan's. I, I, maybe it's just Japan if the X is silent. Who could tell? Anyway, um, this band had a uh, their largest <laughs> venue ever was that they were going to be, they had like a sold out show, largest venue they've ever done. And uh, the hurricane in Japan canceled their event. Right. So um, for the safety of the fans, they sent everybody home. Um, and then they, they did the concert anyway with all the stage effects and everything. And they, they live streamed it for everybody who they had to send home. So they got to still see the concert. Um, but uh, with all the, all the stage effects and everything, but they just weren't in the actual concert hall while it was going on, which is a, which is a, a nice gesture. Um, don't know if it was entirely safe for them to continue to do it, but uh, yeah, so there's that. And then now we've got the, uh, what determines whether an older show should be released as SD Blu-ray, which we, we talked, we talked very time. briefly about in the last podcast, but Augie wanted to discuss it. So do you oh, mind yeah, if I read it? We were only uh, what an hour and a half into the podcast. Go for it. Right. <clears throat> Let me just drink a little bit more water because my throat is very dry. 
ASMR, please. <sighs> All right. Let me uh, lock it on here for now. Oh, actually, no, hold on. Okay. So, what determines whether an older show should be released as standard def on Blu-ray? Jeff asked, My question gets a little technical, but I was reading over the Skippy uh, Kickstarter campaign recently, and I saw a statement from Pied Piper where you said Skip Beat was, per was a perfect candidate for upscaling to HD. I know, gen I know generally DigiPaint shows tend to get upscaled for Blu-ray releases, and even some film-based anime gets upscaled if it looks like the original film elements no longer exist, among other reasons. Given the mixed reception of upscales among video files, I have to ask what makes a show like Skip Beat a perfect candidate for upscaling to HD versus leaving DVD only or doing a standard def Blu-ray similar to what Discotech did for Samurai Pizza Cats. And uh, this is actually legally, I, I'm pretty sure there was a law passed that makes this this disclosure mandatory, uh, which is not a bad thing. But uh, Justin Savakas said, full disclosure, I authored the Skip Beat Blu-rays as well as all the Blu-rays released so far by Discotech Media, including all standard def Blu-rays. So everything he says here. Say what? You mean the FTC regulations where you have to disclose stuff that you're affiliated with? Yeah, um, in the U.S., anime DVDs now sell so poorly that if an older series is going to be re-released, it pretty much needs to be on Blu-ray or it's not worth bothering. Despite the angry protest of a small number of fans who steadfastly refuse to upgrade, most publishers have now observed that so few people are buying the older DVD format that it's usually not worth the trouble for, the, uh, for all but the mainstream titles. While Funimation continues to release combo packs containing both formats, most of the other publishers are now Blu-ray only for the most part. But what is to be done if a series only has masters in standard definition? For a long time, the answer was simple. Upscale the video. However, some video upscales... Uh, sorry. However, some video scales better than others. Anime that was mastered entirely with a 24 per second progressive video, that is, every frame at once, is easiest to work with. And depending on how clean the master is, free of distortions and artifacts from older production methods, it can be processed in such a way that it makes that anime very difficult to tell apart from something made natively in HD. Not all shows are so lucky. A surprising number of shows were made in a mix of different frame rates. Most of the cell animation is done at 24p and converted to 2997 interlaced frames per second through a technique known as pull-down. But some series combine that with 3D CG or other special effects rendered at 30 progressive frames per second. Uh, fades, credit rolls, and other final stage touches were often done in purely interlaced 2997 frames per second. With content like this, you only really have two choices. Try to mash the entire show back into 24 frames per second, or sorry, 24p, uh, that's progressive, the parts that aren't natively 24p will get their frames blurred together, or keep it at 2997 interlaced. Both are bad options. Forcing the show into 24p isn't terrible if only small sections like credit rolls will get blurred, but if there's a significant amount of footage that will end up blurry, it, sim it will simply damage the show too much. If you try to upscale footage that's interlaced, you get a weird image that won't look very good on computers and even some TVs. That's because the way motion looks when it's interlaced, it's very, sorry, that's because, 
Yeah, that's because the way the way motion looks when it's interlaced, it's very difficult to approximate the extra resolution in a way that looks natural. Japanese upscales are often interlaced, and some of them try to compensate for the weird upscaling effect by blurring the image a lot. To which I say, what's the point? If you're why just why not just release it <laughs> non-HD? Um, I'm not a fan of this technique. I've done it, but only when I had to. As DVD has declined and Blu-ray has stayed strong, if not gotten stronger sales-wise, the publishers have slowly gotten less picky about what got upscale treatment and what didn't. For a long time, video nerds who wanted to keep Blu-ray releases as pristine as possible, myself included, tried to keep really old analog masters away from getting Blu-ray uh, away from getting Blu-ray treatment altogether. We were hoping that shows that were shot on film would eventually get new proper HD transfers from their original film elements. Sometimes that happened, sometimes not. Some shows, some shows film elements have been lost forever, or the show are so niche that nobody can justify the, ex the expense of a proper remaster. Um, some series, especially OVAs, were not partially made on film, and all editing and post-production was done on video. So there, there never was a final finished copy on film. So what's interesting about this is he says that um, nobody can justify the expense of a proper remaster, to which I'm going to say, if there was any show, which is just to reiterate a point, if there was any show that, that could justify, uh, hello, Legend of Galactic Heroes, right? <laughs> um, so the third option is to keep the show in its native format, standard definition 2997, uh, interlaced frames per second, right? Um by keeping the show in its native format, you can avoid all of the potentially destructive ways you'd have to process the video to upscale it. You can make 24p SD Blu-rays too, of course. Uh, you can use the better quality video encoding format used by Blu-ray, and you can squeeze a hell of a lot more onto a single disc, up to 24 hours of video. The consumer gets a good representation of the original master and can process and display it however they see fit. And most Blu-ray players do a pretty good job of blowing standard definition video up to HD. Blu-rays have uh, Blu-rays also have a hard coating that makes them more resistant to scratches than DVDs. Standard def Blu-ray has its disadvantages too. They're very difficult to produce with as many moving parts as eight or more regular discs. Quality checking takes forever. Some players do a better job upscaling than others too. Some look nearly as good as if if I had upscaled the video before authoring, while others look a little jaggy. Some of my early SD Blu-rays had compatibility issues with PlayStation 4s, but once I upgraded my authoring software, that wasn't a problem anymore. For now, it seems that the format is best suited to long-running niche shows, ones that would fill a huge number of standard DVDs or upscale Blu-rays, but might not sell a ton of copies. Uh, make a lot of sense on the format. A vastly lower discount lower manufacturing costs and easy collectible collectability are among the many upsides. Uh, the more volumes you split into a, a split a series into the lower the chance many fans will ever complete their collection. However, shorter shows don't save anywhere near as much space or money. Depending on the materials, it might make more sense to just upscale them and produce a real Blu-ray release. Um, choosing which way to release a show is an inexact science. Every decision is made on a case-by-case -case basis based on the quality of the masters, how well they upscale, how long the show is, how popular the show is with fans that will spend money, whether or not there's a dub, and many other or and, and any number of other factors. The Japanese licensor usually also gets a say in the matter. 
For the record, the first SD Blu-ray I know uh, of was the Japanese release of God Mars. Uh, for a mostly DVD-less future, it's good to have these options. Classic anime publishers are still experimenting with what works best. Uh, it's, a, it's a good idea to politely let publishers know which option you prefer and why. However, I'm sorry to say that for the DVD holdouts, the war has already been lost. All right. And how come there's bigger DVD sections at your grocery stores? But anyway. Because it's a lot cheaper to buy them and put them on display than it is Blu-rays? Uh, so for some because shows... Outside of the uh, anime fandom, um, I think most consumers still buy DVD. For some, for uh, some OVAs that he that he wrote about, I know one particular Golden Boy. For some, cause of how it was made, as described, they can't upscale it. I'm not sure if that's the same case for GTO, but I would like to see more stuff get released over here in general. Like I've been saying. Oh, did he leave us? I did. I was just grabbing a water. Okay. But there's some shows, if they ever do get over here, I would love to see see the highest definition as possible. One would be like California Crisis, which yeah. I have no idea who's holding that one since the company went out of business, sadly. Um, I personally prefer Blu-ray when they can do it, like the HD, if they can. I mean, obviously, I want whatever the best looking quality is going to be, because if I want to use that footage, I like to have, I like to not have to upscale it myself, um, because if I have to upscale it, then, I mean, there's some stuff I've had to use that's really low quality, and in, in some cases, I've even extended it, like, um, for the, uh, for the first impressions we did for Cardcaptor Sakura, the after the film clip, I actually extended that to make it widescreen, just so that it was less jarring, um, which was a huge waste of time. But yeah, so um, I don't I don't have much to say on this. I'm kind of uh, over this topic from last uh, podcast. But um, if it saves the publishers money, that's great um, because long-term we want them to come out on top uh, profit-wise so that they can continue to release things. And it's a lot easier to collect. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Um, it is a nice thing to have standard def Blu-rays for, for collectors, especially collectors who are starting now, um, because, I mean, stuff just takes up a lot of space, you know? I mean... Uh, as they said, Trigun, which is like 26 episodes. I mean, this thing is kind of big. Eight volumes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, eight volumes, which which quality wise was better back then to have to have fewer episodes on on a DVD. But uh, right. In terms of shelf well, space, you, it's ridiculously cumbersome. You know. Um, well, you also have them trying to adapt another strategy because with VHS you can get away with one episode per cassette. Then 
got a huge shift with DVD having more than that's, like four to that's six. That's not true. They, I mean, sometimes yeah, true. for OVAs and stuff, but they used to put at least two episodes on a VHS and um, longer, up to three or four, I think, on some of the Funimation Dragon Ball VHSs. I have two fun, fa well, one fun fact to say, and then one other thing to say about this. Um, so, I remember when the ARIA Kickstarter, one of the updates, they said apparently some of the video source was progressive and some was interlaced. It was like a bit of both. So that's obviously a hurdle for them, but it's probably going to end up looking pretty good because it doesn't seem like it's that outdated, the masters and stuff. But um, the other thing that's kind of neat is how he was saying how a lot of Blu-ray players and stuff upscales content really well. So I think what he's referring to is like how you can have the DVD and then it'll upscale upscale to 1080p better than if they tried to manually do it with all the random tricks or whatever. And um, my TV, or sorry, my, I forget what it's called, the box for my surround sound thing, it's like it has pass-throughs for the video and it has its own built-in upscaler. But because the TV is 4K, no matter what anime I use, it's automatically upscaled on the 1080 to 4K. So they mastered and upscaled it to 1080p, even if it's a bad remaster that a DVD being upscaled would have looked better. Mine's still being upscaled anyway, which I find a neat little thing. I don't know. It's only Gundam Thunderbolt that won't be able to be upscaled. I'm sorry, man. Anyway, do you have anything else to say, Augie? The one thing about the article that I, I'm i not particularly fond of is they the company has to choose what they're going to sell. I can understand that. I can understand that they have to maintain qualities as well. But the clause of, of them having to go through and pick particular qualities makes it sound like it's a lot more a much bigger restrictive process. I know I'm saying the same thing twice. Um, <laughs> so you mean you don't like how they have to make a choice on how they have to do it? I don't like how the criteria is vague. Let's just say it's unfortunate that uh, stuff that we didn't progress in society fast enough in technology, rather, to uh, avoid stuff getting lost forever. Yeah. Right. Anyway, when they cry, slash Higurashi discussion. Yeah, sure. I can read it in my hundred ten thousand word or whatever review I made. Yeah. How about <laughs> uh, how about you summer summarize off the top of your head? Well, actually, I just want to say one specific thing real quick before we get into the thing. Go for it. Is uh, how we were talking about how uh or how I was mentioning how horror and anime isn't done as, I guess you could say, scary as North America, and how I think you mentioned how, oh, the only one that really did it well was Higurashi, and because of its chilling and stuff, and after I rewatched it, I was like, keeping that in mind a bit, but, and I, I remembered the same thing, I'm like, oh yeah, it was so much different than any other horror anime, but when I, I watched that I would say that it's scary, Exactly. Like, that's it makes what I was your getting stomach into. turn. Right. right. Are we going to get at? 
Yeah, I think it's more that it embodies fear and paranoia so strongly. It doesn't yeah. have any moments that makes you go, oh! It's, yeah, they don't, it's they just, don't have any jump scares or anything. It's just really it off-putting and makes you feel like, yeah. oh my god, something bad is about to happen. And you do see the, the horror scenes of like people dying and stuff. You're just like, now that is pretty messed up. It doesn't make you go, oh! once again, but it's it's a different sensation that I do consider like really horrific, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And it's like a really strong thriller, if you will put it that way. Yeah, it's more suspense than it is horror. In terms of right. it's it's supposed to be horror, but it's not scary. It's just it's horrific, right? Right. For me, this was more of a well, a thrilling mystery, even though you already know who for some arcs you already know who's done what, but there's still others out there that's not explained which hooks you into it do we have a list of the arcs um yes they should be on the back yes they are spirited away by the demon the, the demon. cotton drifting curse killing time wasting eye opening and atonement a real quick note is that uh the manga thankfully all of it's over here which is nice but it's it's like really long there's like 40 volumes or something like that and it's so cancerously released, but it makes sense because each of those arcs is released as if it's its own thing. So it's like Spirit Away by the Demon Volume 1, 2, 3, or whatever. And then it's like Curse Killing, number one, blah. Luckily, they have a little indicator on the bottom that says, like, the total series number. But anyway, I, I just found it really neat watching this again, keeping that in mind, how they stuck, stuck with that. Each arc was, like, mm -hmm. aimed the exact same things and stuff i thought it was kind of neat well something i'll definitely say about that is uh this was the original release by genion right here so it's six um dvds and volume one had all four of the spirited away by the demon chapter and then the first episode of cotton drifting dvd two had uh, th two, three, and four of Cotton Drifting, and then Curse Killing one and two, which I think Curse Killing, no, 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 Time Wasting was the one that was only two, right? Curse Killing's five. Right. Uh, so then Curse Killing goes on three, four, five on the next one, and then Time Wasting for just one episode, right? And then that's an only only a two episode arc, right? And they were split across volumes three and four. So um, I think I know where I you're going with. Very much appreciated the fact that they could have at Sentai they could have put eight eight episodes on each disc. Actually, no, because there were 20, 26 episodes. That might be what they did for, for season two. They could have used but, three um, discs, basically. Yeah, they basically, they could have used three discs, but instead they used four, and they paced things out. So the first, the first disc has the first two arcs completed, eight episodes. The second disc has um, the second and third arc completed because the second arc was five episodes and the third arc, pardon, the third arc was five episodes and the fourth arc was um, two episodes. Right. And then like they did it in a way where, where you didn't have to change the disc in order to watch an entire arc, which I thought was, uh, I very much appreciated that attention to detail there. Um, I assume that uh, the six disc set uh, of the DVDs probably takes a similar approach to what Genion did. Um, out of necessity. No, but, uh, I, I nope. couldn't say. I didn't open it. Did you open uh, it? Already? I watched. I watched that version. I watched this version of it. They 
pretty much split it up for like there's six arcs. Yeah. So for the six arcs, they six arcs, they for per the six arcs, they had their own disc. So when I came across time wasting, which is the two episode one, Mm -hmm. I was wondering if it was like a 45 minute episodes. Okay. Each. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot longer than what it was. You felt like you wasted your time there. So let's. I, um, I laughed afterward, but it makes sense that, like you said, they released it per arc, or they made a disc per arc instead of mixing it up. Yeah, that was really nice of them. One of the things um, I enjoyed about. I, one thing I enjoy about this version or when they cry is you have the, the characters but we'll talk more about this later, but the characters are likable initially, and this is much more rewatchable for mystery. Unlike let's say fate zero. I think there is only one character that you kind of just didn't really like in all the arcs. Which one is that? Miss what's her face? Murder. Mion, I think, was the only character that that in every single arc seemed to be kind of a huge bitch at some point or another. Um, Are you talking about Shion? Mion, the green-haired girl with the... Uh, I mean, they're both green. Rifle, or airsoft oh, airs- underneath her. Okay, that's how you can refer it's to her. It's okay. Really? Because I found I kind of liked her a lot. Um, yeah, I, no I, I imagine the that there's waifu blindness happening when people like her, but uh, in terms of a character... Um, she was responsible being the head of the Sonozaki clan. She was responsible for a lot of the bad shit that was happening to everybody in a lot of ways. And whether it was aliens, virus, whatever the hell it was, uh, demon possession, she was, you know, being controlled in some way. Um, by well, so let's, technically let's, the whole, whole town yeah. would be kind of, the whole town would be kind of controlled by, by what you're saying, depending on what dimension we're in. Which arc you mean? Like which telling of it? So yeah. let us let me go through the arcs real quick. Um, Spirited Away by the Demon is the one where um, where they inject Keiichi and he claws out his throat after just, killing um, uh, Reina. Well, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you to, to refresh our memory, right? Um, the cotton drifting is the one where um, the cotton drifting and I uh, cotton drifting and atonement are, are both the same arc from different perspectives, right? Not atonement, eye opening and cotton drifting. Okay, so eye opening, yeah, yeah, eye opening and cotton. No, eye opening is the one about Satoshi, isn't it? No, eye opening is is the one about about the twins' point of view. Okay. Cotton so, Drifting is anyway, the main character's point of view. Yeah, Cotton Drifting is Keiichi's perspective. Uh, that's the one where you see um, at the very opening shot with uh, Rika stabbing her head with the knife against the wall. Yeah. Um, then uh, Curse Killing. Death Wish. I forget which one that one was. Um, time that Wasting is the short wish. one that's the that I takes place way earlier. Before Akasaka. all the other arcs take place? What? Akasaka. I remember that guy's name specifically for whatever reason. I don't know which, why. Which guy was Akasaka? The guy that was voiced by Dio in the English dub. 
Um, the English dub was awful. Let hey, me refer. I didn't hey. find it that bad. Keiichi and Reina were poorly cast. I'll say that. I'm agreeing with Augie that I didn't find it that bad, and my review says otherwise. No, well, um, you watched it sub anyway, right? Sub? Did you watch it subbed it ever? I com I compared scenes from sub and dub. And I thought the biggest issue that people probably had, like I Googled it online, why people, what their problems with the dub was. And it was the direction because it had a very new director. And the way that I can see the directing actually harming in this situation is that they wanted it to be too much like the Japanese. They tried to make it too close to it because there's some scenes where um, it sounds horrible in the Japanese and then they try and make it in English, but honestly, I think the English did a really good job. Like, with uh, well, on on the Blu-ray, one one other gripe I do have about the Blu-ray, um, which I which the DVD won't have. It's just it's a problem with authoring, is uh, you can't have it in English with subtitles. It's either English no subtitles or Japanese with subtitles. There's no in between. I know there's some licensing restrictions, like with NIS America and stuff, but I don't know what Sentai's. Well, DVDs don't have that problem. For for whatever reason, you can you can access the track separate, but on Blu-ray, on some Blu-rays, and we had this yeah, problem with it has less DRM capabilities. I guess I don't know what it is. They're just locked into it. They're locked into one or the other. It's really annoying, and you can't switch them on my Blu-ray player in the middle of watching it. Um, so when when we were watching uh, Kobayashi, I just switched over to the DVD because I wanted to watch in English and see simultaneously what the original Japanese you said was. You can't switch the audio track? You can't switch either. Once you start playing it, you have to leave, go back to the menu, switch it there. You can't use the audio or subtitle button on the remote. That's your player, because I can do that on every Blu-ray with my player. Okay. So that's, well, um, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying that it's not compatible in that way, whereas DVDs always are. But um, the one thing about it, also DVDs can hold a lot more, uh, they have more room on the cover to show more images so there's a lot more being displayed on the back and on the front too the images is not cropped on the front that's another thing that i like about dvds more than blu-ray i mean um, you're cropping out literally like, could be solved by just putting blu-rays in a blue uh, dvd case um that nobody's gonna ever do but um uh so hold on let me get back to the the, uh, I mean, you're cropping out like a centimeter of sky. I know. I'm just saying that there. It's a small. It's a small thing. I'm just saying that it is something worth noting. Um, so let's see. So time wasting chapter again was the one that took place. Aka, really in the Aka past was with Rika. being toured by Rika. Yes, and that was that was the one I, I put this on uh, on. Um, I put this on my Twitter moment about it, where I said, Oishi, who I okay, it's his name is Oishi. Okay, in Japanese, there's another word, oishi, or, or oishi, which is uh, delicious. I used to call him, I knew it's not the same word, but when I watched this a decade ago, my friends and I called him uh, uh, Inspector Delicious, because uh, that's what oishi means in, in Japanese. Um, but uh, that's the episode where oishi um, tells that guy three times to wear a bulletproof vest, and the guy still gets shot. <laughs> um and then there's uh, the eye-opening chapter, which we had established earlier, was the um, the other perspective of cotton drifting, or curse killing, rather. Uh, whatever it was. Uh, and then there's uh, the atonement chapter. must have been the Satoshi one. Is that correct? No, so atonement. No, you guys... 
Can we just describe the arcs and not name anyway, them? Atonement, Atonement chapter um, is the one where um, Reyna has the maggots in her blood. Right. The final she, one? Yeah. Uh, she, she has the scrapbook that supposedly gives us the answer, which is that it's a virus. I think that's the last arc, yeah. A bacteria, right? A parasite? That's the word she used originally. Parasite. And then there's another thing. Oh, but it could also be aliens. And then you see the entirety of, of the scrapbook, not just the pages that she had. And it's just a whole bunch of wacky theories about what's going on that have actu actually no evidence to support them. Right. So it basically gives you a little bit of, oh, here's the answer to the to the riddle. And then just kidding. You know, it could be anything. Right. And, it, and I like to think that it's a curse. I think it's a lot more interesting that way, especially because in the early chapters, especially we see in the first one, especially um, we see Reyna with like the cat eyes. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, that's those are my thoughts on it. And then uh, if you want to go over some of the tweets here, let me. I don't remember that scrapbook thing 100%. I thought that the virus thing and all that stuff was real, but then they went into other speculation with the alien no, no, no. thing. Okay, they called it a scrapbook, but it was really just notes. Right? Well, but, yeah. Um, so, the scrapbook was that the reporter girl that's in all the chapters that dies every time during the cotton ripping <laughs> festival. Yeah. She gave a couple pages of her notes to Reyna, and Reyna read them, and it and it had the bacteria and the alien um, aspect covered there. And then in the Sonozaki house, where you see them going over stuff, they have the rest of her notes that I think Oishi gave them, right? Missing, or they gave to Oishi. I can't remember how it went, but uh, it's missing the pages that were given to Reyna. And they go, they there's a scene where they they read out loud some of it and it's all a bunch of wacky theories that are not related to each other. They're just like speculation entirely. And I think Raina so they got the garbage and she got the good stuff. I, I think that it, there's no, there was no proof that it was that any number of them were real, that it was I mean, all the virus uh, one. It explained how Rena, uh, when she was there initially, like she was there when she was younger, then she moved away and the virus was calling her back and stuff. And that was the whole thing. But, um, well, but, but that's the thing is that it, it, it's the explanation of the unknown phenomenon. So it could be a curse calling her back, you know, but their, their way of interpreting the curse is, oh, it's a virus, right? Um, or, oh, it's aliens or, oh, it's whatever. Right. So let me pull up the, uh, the tweets here real quick. Um, so yeah, I pointed out, um, the opening to the first episode of Higurashi was a rude awakening to anyone who bought the Genie on DVDs thinking the show was a slice of life about cute girls. Uh, so I, I sort of showed here, and I'll show you guys real quick. When you bought these in their original release, um, if you bought the art box, obviously it looked like this, which doesn't scream uh, homicide, curses, and torture, right, at all. Yeah. Um, but if you bought just the individual ones, uh, they look looks... a little bit more... There's something off about them, right? You know, like they, it doesn't necessarily scream horror, but it also doesn't really, it's also titled When They Cry. Um, and then when you see the back of it, you've got like a little bit more of an example. But if you bought it with the art box, you didn't get to see that, right? So uh, yeah. it was very um, alarming, I think, to anybody who bought this thinking it was going to be about a bunch of cute girls in skimpy outfits, which it very right. much looks like in the... That's the just the Angel right? Mort uh, uniforms. Yeah. Um, and going then... Uh, yeah, briefly about the document. 
I didn't mind it that it was not a direct answer. It was all these other things. I don't know. I mean, kind of learning. Learning. They, 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 they sort of switch you. They bait and switch you with the answer, which right. I'm, I'm, this is just to clarify when it comes out, uh, the Gridman review, this is what I'm talking about. When I say that, um, this story is more interesting when you don't answer the riddle because it keeps you guessing the entire time and you get to ponder about it and come up with fan theories and, and discuss it with people. I think that's significantly more. more interesting than just giving a dumb bullshit answer to the question. That's why I was disappointed. I was like, I, when I rewatched it again, it's been a decade since I watched the show. Um, so when I rewatched it, uh, I was very much um, uh, re like, I, I remember for some reason the first two arcs pretty well, but after that, there was a lot of stuff I had completely forgotten about. So seeing the thing about the parasites and whatnot, uh, really, like, I totally forgot about that. And then I realized later the reason I forgot about it is because I didn't commit it to memory once I realized it was a bullshit made-up um, explanation, right? Uh, so um, when you guys see Gridman, I had a problem with Gridman re regarding this amnesia thing they put in there, which you'll see. Um, and that's, uh, I, I realized that it's painfully painful to have to edit that thing because it's uh so obvious i never quite articulated exactly what i meant to say so i'm giving it to you now anyway back to uh back to the twitter moment here i want to show you real guys. quick uh in the sub did it pronounce reina or did you just uh pronounce it reina her name is reina it's isn't it or rena that? that's how they pronounce yeah. it the um, they uh it should be Rena, technically. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they weren't consistent in the dub. So I switched over to the dub after I think the, in maybe the third arc, because um, you guys have to understand, like I was saying, that uh, things aren't like, for, okay, how do I phrase this properly? You may have noticed I've lost quite a bit of weight in the last couple podcasts. Um, and this is because I've been eating one meal a day in order to save money and, um, I've been fasting. So it's not like this is by choice, not, I mean, it's partially out of desperation, but, um, as long as you drink tons of water, this is actually a perfectly healthy way to, uh, to continue sustenance and whatnot. Um, so it's unfortunate for me that the shows we've lined up for our watch club are so long because time I spend watching those shows time i spend performing the podcast time i spend reading articles and gathering everything for the podcast is time i'm not spending working and earning money for my family to prevent catastrophe down the line um so this is getting very um difficult right uh especially because higarashi is so is 26 episodes and um i have been focusing mostly on work and trying to bring in extra uh, income and whatnot for my family. And I had to switch over to the English track so I could multitask uh, and work and, and get through the show um, in the last couple of days and before the podcast. Um, now, unfortunately uh, seasons two and three or perhaps are all, sub. are all sub. So I'm going to have to go back to it. Now, luckily for me, I watched originally the entire first season sub. And I think the sub is better, personally, um, particularly because of um, I, I don't think Keiichi and, and Rena have a, a good uh, the voice actors aren't bad. I just don't think that they fit the characters well. 
um, particularly Renner. I mean, but Taichi just sounds so bizarre. It sounds like he's doing a caricature. That's uh, of, that's huge. What's his name? It's Grant George or something. He always sounds really weird, and I kind of didn't like that when I first heard him as like Gilgamesh and face and stuff. But I've grown to like him for some reason. Well, I'm, I'm, I can imagine that other roles it might work. I just here felt out of character for those characters, um, and I just didn't think that, that that the dub was as good in this particular. I think uh, it's possible that it could just be because you like you started off sub, so then when you switch it, it's so jarring. It's you're possible. like. I, that's been my theory. That's my working theory is that whatever you started out with is usually what you're going to prefer. Um, right. Although I will say that. Uh, yes. For yeah, um, I'm used to the Haruhi dub. So to me, this was kind of like Haruhi dub. Yeah, Haruhi Suzumiya. What to me, what this was sort of like in the same vein because they were both dubbed by uh, Bang Zoom, I believe. So, one last point before we get too far. I felt like I do. they were placed right, but go, continue, continue. I just want to bring up real quick regarding the sub versus dub thing. Um, if you've ever watched uh, a Miyazaki film, one way or the other, watch it again the other way because they feel like entirely different movies. It's a very interesting experience, and they're both great, but it's just weird that they work in entirely different ways. And Duo is joining us. For uh, yeah, uh, our discussion. All right. So, um, how you doing, Duo? I can't hear you if you're talking. Get your mic. Uh, He's not talking. Anyway, so um, we will uh, continue from here. So, do you guys want to? Um, did Dive you have more deep. to say? I was. You started a point while I was finishing a point, and then I don't think we got back to your point, Augie. Okay, from me, since, since this was a Bang Zoom dub, when I was listening to it, it kind of reminded me of Arahi Suzumiya, which was one that they did, like how they placed the characters into the roles. So I kind of assumed that what they attended for was kind of similar in that vein. So it didn't bother me that much with the dub. I haven't seen the Japanese part, the Japanese track, but I didn't find any issue really. Right. I was actually that. like, I was really shocked at how good the first episode was because normally the first of these mid 2000s dubs, it's like they have a slow start, but then after the first couple episodes, they kind of get used to what their characters like and stuff and they sound better. But um, it's possible that these were recorded. Um out of order for this show because of the way the arcs work. True. Yeah, possibly. But um, it, when for a DVD release, it doesn't seem likely, though. For bad dub, I was expecting something worse than Super Grand Prix. That's a great dub. It's a great dub. No, I'm saying take that, but make it far worse. I was expecting a worse quality than what I received. So... You were let down by the lack of disappointment. Um, Technically, I was let up, but okay. <laughs> you were let up. Um, more specifically in the dub, like there's that scene where he's swinging Satoshi's bat around, and they're like, hey, why are you doing that? Satoshi was doing that, and then he went crazy, blah, blah. And then he just like flips out and is like, rah, blah, to all the... To, <laughs> 
the lovely yeah. ladies out there. And I, I compared that scene sub and dub, and I thought the English one sounded a lot more like passionate and all that crap. Did you and, do your review for this using the the subtitles f from the uh, Sentai release? What? When when you did your review and you compared them, did you use the Sentai release as your yeah, that's what I was using when I was watching it. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I don't think we should keep har like going over this because it's like we sort of beaten the point already. But um, I, I just think that uh, it's worth. I, I think that the dub is pretty good. Okay. Wait, anyway, what? I, I think the dub is pretty good, or the sub is um, better. But um, anyway, so I got a message from Duo while we were. While I was finishing that thought, anyway, um, so let's um, let's let me go back to the oops, let me go back to the Twitter moment here. So when I first got an iPhone back in like two thousand eight, this was one of the first images I ever saved to my camera roll. Like maybe in the first, I, I wrote here first five. It was probably actually the first three. Um, and I was mentioning that Rika is the best girl. And I had this observation in the first arc that uh, even though there's obviously no one hiding in Keiichi's lamp, camera angles like these would really continue to blow, uh, to build up the suspense, right? Um, and what's interesting about that, and this is this is another one shortly later in that episode or whatever, um, where they use the fisheye effect the to angle. make it feel more like it's so far away. Uh, it's such an extreme, you know distant shot a wide shot here that uh it gives you this sense of uh you know like this one obviously it gives you the feeling that something's watching him everyone right? hates it's, dean but they do this great stuff um well i have to say that uh the animation is uh humorously wonky uh on the characters um but here's the thing though i kept looking going forward and there weren't a lot of other shots like these in the later episodes I'm for it the really shots the that you're describing. Good. For the arc that you're describing regarding the wide lens, wide angle lens shots, mm -hmm. I appreciate a lot more in this show because watching other shows in like 2001, it felt like the cameraman was having a little bit too much fun dragging it across the screen all the time as if I was the fish swimming in the scene. But I appreciate how they used it here. Well, yeah, because it had purpose. Like, That's the point. Had purpose, it exaggerated what needed to be done. Continue. This right here, by the way, the lamp I'm talking about is this lamp. So obviously, it looks way bigger actually in this shot. But in in another shot shortly after this, you can see it's very small. Like there's no way anybody's up there. Uh, but uh, then this was my favorite scene in all of Higurashi, even though Rika's my favorite character. Um, well, yeah, that just shows you the brutality of what the show has to offer. My brother, when he first described the show to me, uh, he said, oh, my God, it's going to be terrible, whatever, because he watched the top 10 horror moments or whatever mm -hmm. in anime, and this was one of them. He's like, oh, it's so screwed up. And then I, I watched it. I'm like, dude, this is great. What are you talking yeah. about? But um, that gif, while you still have it up there, <laughs> I think they use this sort of dun, 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 like casually zooming in or whatever thing. Yeah. And I think that's a really effective thing for the suspense that they were going yeah. for. And, and they this, use it multiple times. Uh, this is from 
the first arc where it's told from Cagey's perspective. Um, so I was actually thinking, That's so the second I'll never get around to do this. They show this again in the second, the second time, the, the scene, right? They show it again and you have more context to it. This is actually the opening scene, I believe, to the second arc. Right. Um, so the second arc is the the one that, yeah, Cotton, Cotton Drifting, Drifting is the one the one that is also eye-opening. Um, so anyway, uh, during this... Good. One, one of the things I was let down about the show, just like the, just like the rest of you, I believe the YouTube, you were introduced to this series with this one scene right here. When I heard that there was supposed to be killing and gore in this show, I would see, see the kill happen, but they won't like show the weapon inflicting the wound. I thought it was going to oh. be. <laughs> more uncensored they did for Rena's kills. Um, she when she cleaved the guy's head in the. Oh, the that was satisfying. Time. Yeah, that was satisfying. so real quick, um, just to just to clarify, this is not how I was introduced to the show. Um, this is that it's I I was introduced to it because my friend uh, Andrew, um, who is in one of my um, history of the anime collector segments, uh, he he's a. Btard. He was a big. Well, I guess he was a. He was on A for 4chan. Anyway, he he introduced me to the show way way back before it even got a uh, physical release from Genion. Um, and uh, as soon as it was coming out, like I bought it right away because he had talked about it. Uh, so that's how I was introduced to it. But um, regarding the two chapters, the uh, the cotton drifting and um, eye opening. Um, I would like to, and, I, and again, I'll never end up doing it. I don't have time, um, but I would like to recut, do an edit of both of those arcs and get both perspectives into one long episode, one long, uh. I guess it would be one long arc, right? And I would like to take the music from um, Under the Skin, the Scarlett Johansson movie, and use that instead of the Higurashi music. And I say that because the music from Under the Skin seems inspired by the by the the soundtrack like the the score not the not like the opening theme and everything but the score for higurashi um and it it takes it to the next level in terms of eeriness um and i feel like it could it could really be an interesting experiment to cut those chapters together and make like a feature length movie version of higurashi from both perspectives if you're really up for it, you can take a certain magical index and railgun and splice them together chronologically because they both. <laughs> well, that's take... actually what I wanted to do. Is I wanted to I wanted to take all the arcs. I wanted to take everything that didn't contradict a, sep a second arc and make it one long thing and and be able yeah. to experience the show that way. Because when you watch the show, the time wasting arc, which is only two episodes is way earlier than all the other arcs. And then the atonement arc, or not the atonement arc, one of the ones with, the I guess it's probably Curse Killing, um, which is the one with Satoshi. That one uh, takes place after time wasting, but still before Keiji ever shows up because it has Sadako's brother uh, Satoshi in it, right? Yeah. Dewey, you have something to say? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I guess, uh, hey, I'm actually here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, well, on which thing specifically? Because I just closed my windows. So like, everything specifically. Like about Higurashi, you you re recently rewatched it as well. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, I guess in general on Higurashi, uh, so this is like my first actual anime, as in the first one I seeked out as like you know knowing it was an anime. 
but I didn't know anything about the show at all. I just went on to Glass Reflections Top 22 Recommended Anime, went to a random part, saw the name, and said, okay, I'm going to watch that without any knowledge of it. And what was even funnier is the first episode is supposed to clue you in that it's a horror thing because, you know, the first scene is supposed to be like, oh, you see the characters, you know, you see this bloodied up scene. But the place I watched it at didn't have the first episode either. Yeah. So I just went right to episode two and was just like, oh, this is just a slice of life. That's what it yeah. is. And it's it's interesting uh, how the show does that because um, the way the arcs are constructed, at least the early arcs where they're sort of retelling the same story but different outcomes, um, they spend a big amount of time, a large amount of time, like first two episodes where nothing weird happens at all, right? Um, very minimal hints that something might be wrong in the scenario, but nothing gruesome, nothing crazy other than that opening shot. The hints uh, are like out of but you don't suspect anything. Can you, um, FDM, can you, can you, uh, I'm going to turn off your, can you, can you just hide your camera so that, cause you're, you're cutting out and it's like, we only need your audio at this point. You're not doing pickups. Thank you. Yep. Go, so on. go ahead and say that again. FDM. Crap, what did I say? Wait. Um, I was talking about the you were talking about this this the hints in the, the suspect. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the hints you wouldn't suspect of no, they're out in plain sight, but you wouldn't suspect anything of them. And a lot of them are through Oishi. Um, it's the interviews with uh, or the interrogations, if you will, with Oishi um, talking to uh, um, Keiji. Keiji, right? Uh, and that's a uh, it was it was an interesting way to so. Um, to go back to the Gridman stuff that'll be coming out pretty soon, Augie had mentioned that the he liked the amnesia aspect because he thought it was a great hook to get people into the series. Um, I think with Higurashi, the the tips or the the, the hints rather of Oishi, um, boy, you make so much noise on that microphone. Uh, the the hints uh, with Oishi talking to to Keiichi, I think that those were an incredibly brilliant way to to keep the audience guessing and, and hooked in, in in the early parts. I do think that it was a mistake to put... I, I don't want to say it's a mistake to put the, the gruesome scenes at the beginning. They basically do what a lot of YouTube channels do now where they show you a clip from the middle of the video right at the beginning to get you hooked and then start back from the beginning so you know that that's coming later on. That's basically what they do with the murder scenes. And I feel like... Um, uh, it's not a bad thing that they start with those because I feel like it immediately conveys to the audience that's watching it that you might not want to get invested if this isn't something you can handle. But uh, it would be great for it just you know, to be a the, surprise, showing it to your friends and whatnot to cue it up right after that scene so they go into it blind, you know, and then yeah. you can really sell that twist where this this happy go lucky thing just falls apart, you know, into uh, into an absolute murder slaughter fest right yeah. going slightly back going slightly back when i mentioned this was a lot more re-watchable than like fate zero mm -hmm. that aspect that you described the slice of life slice of life blended into the murder mystery that's about to happen mm -hmm. so you have a combination of that and different arcs because you have like different different splats of different story which makes it new and interesting it makes 
this part makes it much more rewatchable. As with Fate Zero, you have one long trailing mystery. Yeah, yeah so you're saying, you're saying that the bite-sized arcs made it so that there was something to look forward to at each point that you remembered um, that made the rewatchability like way more rewarding because you didn't have to wait through 24 episodes to get to the I am the bone of my sword part in the original Fate Stay Night, yes. for example. Um, you yes. got to, okay, I only have to get through two episodes and then the payoff is there and the buildup to the payoff makes the payoff that much better. I right? think, the pacing oh, yeah. in the show is great in terms of the fact that you oh, go yeah. from the first couple episodes right. um, where it's real slow slice of life with a little bit of like buildup and again those those tense camera angles the scenes that really get you that buildup going to where there's the payoff there's the you know all of a sudden why the girls show up at his house and they've got the cat eye look the demon possession they inject him with something that makes him like you know they give him they give him the meatballs with the needle in it you know all that, that stuff was terrifying really sort of, great yeah, yeah. Ugh. I but think I that. Also, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. I think what Augie was trying to say was more so that Fate Zero. I haven't watched it, but Fate Zero probably had mystery at the forefront the entire time. Whereas uh, when they cry, kind of started off as slice of life, casual, whatever, and then it kind of hints at this little story type thing. He goes asking people questions, whatever. Then it gets into the mystery, whatever. Let me give a quick. Quick illustration with Higurashi, it's like seeing Yosemite Sam shoot his guns like rapidly, bam, 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 bam. With Fate Zero, it's like you're hunting and you're sitting there waiting for hours, then blowing the shot to kill or try to get something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I also yeah. think uh, <laughs> the reason why, it's, like, I also think why it's more rewatchable is uh, there's a lot of things in the earlier arcs that are that completely go unexplained for a while since the show is a mystery and refuses to explain itself until the second season. But upon rewatching it, there's a lot of stuff that's like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. The you know the needle isn't actually what you think it is, or you know like so the first arc, for example, uh, why I like that one is when it introduces you, it makes sure to put you in the shoes of a character who has no knowledge of this town, which is Keiichi. And so a lot of these events, you kind of can't figure out whether this is normal or not. Like, is this normal behavior or is this, like, out of the ordinary? But uh, upon rewatching it, it's this kind of thing where it's like, okay, no. If anybody was crazy here, it was Keiichi. Like, this – and you can see a lot of these different moments and go, okay, there probably wasn't a needle in the Ohage. There probably wasn't like, – you know, they pro he probably wasn't getting injected with anything. You're saying he was delusional. Like, he was – yeah. Oh, yeah. He was definitely delusional. Like, the first arc, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, one I was thinking things, that's a second watch too. One, one of the things that's really interesting about it too is that in the first arc, you see the needle in the in the Ohage, right? Yeah. And then later on, in a completely separate arc, he references the Ohage. He yeah. Talks about the needle in it, which when you're watching it your brain goes like, okay, you, you compartmentalize the arcs as, okay, so I just watched Keiichi die. And then in the next episode, he's alive again. So what's going on here? Oh, it's, oh, I, that's, they're telling me it's the, this chapter. So I guess it's a different arc. You get through the second arc. You're like, okay, so he died again. Uh, that's the one where he got stabbed at the end by um, Mion. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Whoever it was, anyway, and then uh, and then way later in a much later arc, all of a sudden he references stuff that happened in the first arc. You're like, wait a minute, what? You know? And I uh, think that's the last way. arc. That's yeah. 
that's kind of what made Atonement so great. Yeah. With yeah. All that yeah. Whole build Atonement, uh, is also the one with the bomb, correct? Yep. That's the one. Yeah. That, was, that one's more of a police drama, technically, than a mystery. <laughs> True. You know, I just, I think that the show, I think to, to, talk on why it has a rewatchability. I think one of the other reasons is that it's the only show of its kind. There aren't a, there to my knowledge are no other shows that I mean ReZero I think has time resets or something like that. But yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like the horror and all that stuff. Not not like the horror not like the arc thing. What? Yeah. But isn't school live a thing? I, oh, I haven't well, gotten a chance to watch no, it. That's zombies. Okay. Oh my gosh. Let's let's not get into that. That's literally right. Duo's favorite show. <laughs> let's yeah. not go into that. All right, also, now. Let me say he, hasn't, this. he hasn't watched it as well, so that's not. Yeah. It's let's not. Let's not ruin Real quick, um, just so you know, Duo, I haven't seen the second season, so I yeah. don't want any spoilers. Oh no, <laughs> don't worry. Seasons two and three for the next podcast. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'm all the only things I've said so far are based oh. off of things you could guess from the first season because it's very clear. That they address that there's something wrong with the characters at some point, but um, I won't address exactly what's going on. But right. I do, like I do want to bring up specifically my favorite arcs are the second and fourth arc, which are the ones that are the mirrors of each other, like where you get to see the same arc from yeah. two perspectives. Yep. And why I think it's interesting is like basically when you're watching the show, you kind of expect by this point that it's going to be a different story each time. This time it's like, no, we're going to return to this. But now you get to see a lot more about what's going on behind the scenes. So a lot of unexplained stuff like, oh, how is Mion back now? How like how did she get here to stab him? All this stuff gets explained, which I really appreciate. But right. also I think that the fourth arc is where it gets to its most gruesome. Uh, the fifth arc. Like there – yeah, well, is that is it the fifth arc? Yeah, it's the second and fifth because the, the fourth arc is the one that's only two episodes. Oh, well, I don't. I usually skip past that one. I don't count it as an arc, I guess. But so okay, it's kind of necessary for atonement. Yeah, well, like I know it's like if I'm saying it's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like rewatching it to me is pointless because I know all of the answers. Like I don't need this side stuff. I want to just I want to see the main arcs. But um, especially because they're the, like in the fifth arc though, there are these like unlike a lot of other arcs where they will kind of hide a lot of the the really gruesome stuff from you and this one it's like now nah, they're just going to show you all the prolonged torture scenes and all that stuff that you never got yeah. to see the first time around so let me uh with that said let me address something real quick first of all i just need to bring this up this was um put out of order in the moments i should have brought this up earlier uh brady hartel was asking um if anybody has the japanese bobo dvds because they need uh something for the um He's got some questions regarding things they want to do for the American release of the standard deaf Blu-ray. Uh, and then regarding what we were just talking about, I was saying when, when I was rewatching it, I said it was rough a decade ago, but I can probably handle the fingernail scene this time around. I can't imagine watching fingernails get pulled out is that bad because that's what I remembered was that it was a fingernail thing. Right. And then I got to this was in arc um, two. Right. Yeah. Uh, and me own. I said, what is Mion doing with a hammer and nail? And I'm like, oh, that's right. It's not a fingernail scene. It's a fingernail scene uh, because <laughs> she was going to drive nails into the joints on Keiichi's hand. Now, uh, I had completely forgotten that there actually is a fingernail ripout scene in the other uh, yeah, version of that. Yeah, when and Mion have to yeah. own. I was wondering yes. what you meant by that because at that point, I've already seen all the first season. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I had been, uh, um, I had not remembered how the uh, the series played out uh, past the second arc um, very much at all, and I it had been over a decade since I'd last watched it. Uh, and then I was saying, like here, um, Rika just had these great lines, like you might cut, you might cut or burn your fingers. Poor, poor you. Actually, <laughs> right? speaking of these... which, have you, you? I noticed the second time around. Wow, they are just bringing out all this really brutal uh these jokes about oh yeah. you might cut and burn your fingers very nonchalantly in the slice yeah. of life portions and you're like am of... i supposed to laugh at this or yeah i did laugh <laughs> and then I, did. I said i was saying about how well you should told that guy to that they're going somewhere da dangerous and you should put on a bulletproof vest and he still got shot in the shoulder and then in the final arc this is the atonement arc um during the uh sunset i'm gonna assume uh rika had blue hair they colored it blue and then of blue another this is a i actually before i even had an iphone i think no i guess I, yeah no i guess i watched it originally before i had an iphone but it was still relevant which is why i had the let's get shit face Nepaw um picture uh i distinctly remember taking a picture of this exact frame uh, this exact pose with Keiichi on my old flip phone <laughs> when I first watched it. And I was saying, even a decade ago, I loved how derpy this pose was. Um, and then these are the tweets from uh, Augie over here. If you want me to go through them. Then we'll by the way, get rid like, of can I bring up one thing? I was sure, really disappointed that they didn't actually drive nails into his joints. As like screwed up, like as much as I didn't want it when I first watched it, now I'm like, no, dude, let's see it. I want to see what kind of horrible effect this has. So what they did with that, um, so I, I will somewhat agree with you, uh, but just mostly since the um, the actual, because Keiichi dies by getting stabbed in that arc, right? Those yeah. arcs. So um, the reason I will I will agree with you is because his actual death is very non gruesome. Yeah, uh, and it would it's like it's it's they they it's basically like imagine uh, imagine the roller coaster is you know going up for the big drop, and then right as you get to the big drop, um, they flip a thing on like the train track kind of thing like a minecart, and it it puts you on the other path that goes down real slow instead of the the steep drop basically yeah pretty uh, much how it feels um but uh uh they do in the very next arc when they open up that garbage bag that yeah it, uh, it has a person in there and their fingers have the uh the nails in them so they do kind and of show it, and it and it's good and for some reason a red tattoo that threw me off when i saw yeah. that a tattoo or a blood stain I, I saw a red star tattoo. Huh. I'd have, I'd have to rewatch it. But hey, um, hey, did you guys see the swastika fro? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that. Hold on, let, let me look that up real quick. Higurashi. Really? You but did? Yeah, you missed that. it? It was when Satoshi was saving what's her face from the, uh, the first thugs. Yeah, the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> for, well, yeah, like the guy with his head shaved into it's a, just a protruding swastika in his head. Yeah, um, it was great. So, hold on, though. Let me let me double check this. I don't think that's a swastika. I think it's a yeah. That's not a swastika. That's the manji. It's going the wrong direction for a swastika. Eh, who cares? I'm still gonna call it the same thing. I mean, he probably it's, used it's it a in Buddhist symbol. So I'm just saying, it's a, this isn't what you think it is. This is Unless a Buddhist that's symbol. a mirrored image. <laughs> 
But but yeah, either so way, he's, he's a thug. He obviously wanted to look edgy, like ah, I'm a Nazi. Look at me. No, I I I don't no, know. Right, because if, if if you were actually trying to be a skinhead, I'm really Nazi, into peace. You would probably have gotten the Hawk and Cruise correctly. <laughs> yeah. See, and ne- Neji here has the. Uh, it's a manji. It's this is a Buddhist symbol. The the Nazis. We know Hitler was obsessed with the occult, and he stole the symbol uh, in order to try to take the power he believed it had. Yeah, I'm not trying to open that. So there we go. Uh, that was Steve's tweet to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get to the uh, real quick. I'll, I'll, we'll go through Augie's tweet so I can close the uh, the thing here. Uh, so you said when watching When They Cry season one, uh, your overall thoughts were: This is the first time you watched a visual novel anime that's rewatchable and enjoyed it. Um, it yep. understands character likability, atmosphere, thrill, and mystery while gloating about how to write one. Um, you said it does have a time paradox that's loosely explained in season one, but I'm not sure of, of latter seasons because I, you haven't seen them. Uh, each story is an arc. There is one arc that tells another side. You said typical, typically this show has three layers to it. A fun bumpkin school life. Uh, personal drama that escalates, a village background that's similar to the lottery, but not, but much more interesting. Okay, uh, and warning: similar events will occur. All right. The lottery that I'm talking about is, is the, the curse. Is nineteen sixty-three? Somebody gets uh, killed and somebody Stone. gets spirited away. Uh, <laughs> very similar. This one's a lot boring. Sadly, it's one I'm talking. It's. The movie is called The Lottery 1963, okay. I believe. It has uh, the guy who plays George Feeney in Boy Meets World. He stars in it. Pretty much this town has a stupid ritual where someone of age, the people vote on, and they stone this person to death. Because all of a sudden the whole town turns against our main characters. Luckily for Higurashi, I agree, but for some reason the writer doesn't want to write it that way. Luckily for Higurashi, it's much better. Yeah, yeah, it's a much more compelling story. So, um, let me ask you, Duo, what did you think about? Um, uh, we had sort of talked earlier about the explanations in the atonement arc about the parasite aliens, and then you see that the woman whose notebook all those things were taken out of just had all these crazy theories about it. Yeah. So um, I'm going to base it off of what I thought when I first watched it. Like I'm trying to be back in that mindset. So I had noticed by this point that the show would give you a lot of red herring answers that were, that would lead you down an incorrect path. And so my assumption after looking at a lot of the stuff that was presented in that arc was there's no fucking way. This is how it is. Because, like, they wouldn't just give the answer this easily. You know what I mean? And a lot of it sounded a little too out there for me originally. Because it's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Aliens, whatever. So basing it off of that mindset, I think that the explanation was meant to be as kind of like a, hey, maybe this is the answer. You're saying the parasite answer was too on the nose? Yes, too I, 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 see. I thought you were talking about the curse that because you said at the beginning. So I thought you meant at the beginning of the show where they blame it on o- Oyashiro's curse. Well, no, I'm more specifically basing it off of the exact explanation given in the final in, arc. Okay. Yeah, 
because in my eyes at the time it was this kind of okay well this sounds too far-fetched mm-hmm. and every other answer the show has given us as to what it could possibly be has been proven incorrect at some point right so my like my guess is it's not correct um but that's actually one of the things i like about the show in general is that the show does give you red herring answers um i think sometimes in a mystery you need to give evidence that leads nowhere evidence that has no purpose which is why psychopath gives you the answer and nothing else no okay well i guess that's true i'm more saying though it's like i would rather a mystery give me a couple false leads to contemplate because then it's it's a lot if it just keeps giving you evidence that's always going to stack up against against it you're going to figure out what's going on way earlier like in erased for example uh when i first watched that i pretty much figured out the mystery halfway into the show because they didn't really give you much false evidence it was a lot of just like oh this is correct this is correct Mm-hmm. Um, but Higurashi, you can't really figure out what's going on from the first season. You can get bits and pieces and a vague idea of what might be happening, but you're not. You don't have. You never have the full answer. It's more satisfying once you reach the conclusion. Yeah, basically. Well, to an extent, uh, you haven't watched Kai, and I'm going to be interested to see what you think about it because it's a little divisive. But uh. Yeah, I like the the first season's willingness to kind of throw you for a loop. Uh, and like, um, one good example of this is in the third. Wait, no, I guess the fourth arc, or is it the third arc? Though the one that focuses on Sadako, like mostly, and the abusive uh, relationship. Uh, what? From the first season, that's probably the oh, third yeah. arc. Curse oh, okay. Well, then, then yes, the the, the, the third the one that arc. Covers Satoshi, you mean? Yes. Uh, why I like that arc so much is there's this point in the arc where Kate, the uncle, and then the next episode happens and he's alive. Like every like everything's fine. And so yeah, you know, okay. So you're talking specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're talking about how Keiichi kills the uncle and then he finds out people are saying that he has a doppelganger. Right. That that was a very diff different arc to uh to the rest of them in terms of they threw a curveball with the mystery and i think rena's final arc had something similar where people thought they saw her or something and there was something going on where it confused uh, another character that same way am i wrong oh yeah every single arc is a curveball arc in some way but especially arc three and the final arc have a lot of like whoa okay what kind of moments and it's just kind of thing oh go ahead wasn't it strange that the blonde's uncle and an atonement, there's a scam artist that affects the gingered hair hair girl. They were the yeah, same the design. design. The yeah. no, that was, those, that's who that was supposed to be. That was yeah, um, oh, that, that was uncle, that was related. Sadako's uncle's like bitch or whatever badger. were were running a the what do they call it? The badger scam or something? Honey badger. Yeah. That, Dude, that has to be a culture thing. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that, but uh, I gotta be honest with you. By the by, the time the the killing actually started, I'm like, you know what? This is justified. You you probably they probably do deserve to get killed after some of the bullshit <laughs> they pulled. Yeah, oh yeah. It, seeing him get slaughtered and seeing that grandmother, well, seeing oh yeah, the grandmother him. getting tortured. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, not yeah. really. Body mutilated, technically, yeah. but yeah, there was, that was a probably lot of the more satisfying kills. 
wasn't as right. satisfying when it was a sad one, like the uh, the whole thing when Shion decided to just stab Sadako to death on, on a cross for a while. That was not a that was not yeah. nearly satisfying. It was kind of sad. Oh, that, yeah, I did not say that was satisfying. Well, no, Real no, I'm saying there are some unsatisfying deaths as well. <laughs> Real oh, yeah. quick before we move on from the Sadako arc or whatever, I I love that part when Oishi made Keiichi dig up that. Uh, the hole to see if there's a dead body. There's nothing, right. and he's like, "Who would dig a hole to? J Why would so, someone dig a hole and then fill it back up again?" That's <laughs> actually interesting. Good, Augie. When they okay, the spoiler for the hole they dug down so far that they hit a gas, what looked like an old gas yes, main, and it had yeah. fresh. I mean, then uh, later on, then later on, while well, it was rusty. Later on, uh, the whole town, for some reason, goes away with the gas. I thought those two events were related at the time. Well, um, that's actually an interesting observation because that was the arc where he was. That was that the arc where he survived. That's the death wish. He did survive the he gas arc, and so, the first episode of Kai is still that same arc. Interesting enough. Oh, cool. Hmm. So okay, I was going to cool. say that um, we later learn in the Atonement arc that they had helped bury the victims of Reyna's kill, which was the, um, gosh, come to think of it, if she killed Sadako's uh, uncle and stuff and Sadako ends up helping her bury him, <laughs> is that what happened in that arc or did she no, kill No, that was the pregnant else? lady that she killed. Well, the she said badger. pregnant. Yeah. She claimed she was pregnant. I don't think that was true. But yeah, but she killed both of them and chopped the them dead up lady. in the fridge. Right? So, and then they helped her bury them. And then you find out later that um, Neon moved the bodies. Right? And I wonder if there was, if that also happened in the arc where the bodies weren't there. Because they specifically said, as he was digging up. Uh, when when Keiichi stopped digging and the other guy took mm. over, as he was digging up, he said that the ground was soft, that like it had been recently dug up. But now I'm at a point where it's so hard, I don't think anybody could dig past this. And here's right. a gas main, right? That's interesting. So I, I wonder, I you know, if I had mem remembered the first time I watched it more clearly, and then rewatched it, or if I was to go in and rewatch it again right now, that might have like that's a connection I might have picked up on uh, and wondered about uh, that during that time. And that that again goes to the um, the rewatchability of the show is that because the arcs are really tangentially linked. Um, some answers from because obviously the reason why it's tangentially linked is because it's based on a visual novel that has all these bad endings, right? So um, nah. they're showing you stuff. No, there's. It's there's just a novel. There's no decisions from what I've played of it. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's literally so art plays a out as a novel. story. Okay, well, um, I was going to say that it when you play a game, like it, for instance in Steins Gate, uh, the game, I assume you are. There's a lot you of the same events that happen, but they play out differently as time goes on. And I was I was sort of compartmentalizing different events and putting them together into each arc as taking them as clues. Like we didn't bother to show you this because we say it later, you know, kind of thing. Like how he brings up the needle in the in the Ohage um, in a much later arc where you didn't even see that happen in that arc, right? And, and as far as you know, this like there's no reason for that, you know, kind of thing. 
So yeah. I, can I say my Steinsgate thing <laughs> real sure. quick? Um, it, I, I made this comparison just yesterday. I'm like, it's kind of funny how in the last arc of the first season of When They Cry, they all sort of get their reading Steiner ability because they <laughs> both have this uh, sort of, I'm not going to call it an issue, but it's like the development is reset with each arc, but then they get the reading Steiner to make the payoff worth it because all the development and crap uh, was remembered type thing. And if it's anything like Steinsgate, they'll all re regain their reading Steiner ability. And yeah, I just found that kind of interesting. Maybe Steinsgate got heavily inspired because both visual novels type thing. Actually, who wrote Steinsgate? Because it wasn't the same people. Nitro the Plus? The names in the uh, at the in the credits looked um, like because I think Steinsgate had two different names and Higurashi also had two different names. Higurashi is one hundred percent Ryushiki zero seven. And there was another. Um, there was there were two names though. In the anime. Let's see, Nitro Plus and Five B PB. Another name, then it said slash, and then that name. Five PB. And Nitro Plus. And That's then do Wikipedia we remember off the top of our heads who wrote um, Steinsgate? No, that is Steinsgate. The person who oh. did uh, Higurashi was Ryushiki 07. Yeah, so I'm asking who did... Uh, okay, he is a representative... It was 07th Expansion is, is probably the other one, which is his group. I think that was made after the game, probably. I don't know. Um, well, I think it was made for the anime is the thing. So I, they, they probably are not related. I'm not seeing... So, uh, shit ton of Higurashi and then something called Rose Gun Days Rose Gun Days is yeah, his recent one and then uh, Ogon Muso Kyoku for uh, fighting games and then there's a card game called Leaf Fight and I love how he has a number in his pen name Ryoshiki 07 yeah like it's his, because uh, maybe maybe he got his work started from writing um, Creepy Boss. Like, that was his username. <laughs> oh, I'm mispronouncing it. It's Ryuki. She? Oh. Yeah, Ryuki. She. 07. As in 07. Yeah. Got it. Uh, anyway, so uh, what else do you guys have? you have anything else you want to talk about with uh, Higurashi, or should we uh, wrap things uh, up kind of early tonight? Uh, I do want to talk about something, but go ahead. Uh, with the pacing, if you jump into the show, I would say the first episode's far worse, but technically the first two episodes take a bit to get used to because it's a mystery. Mm -hmm. The slowness... And build up is unnecessary. They intentionally start that, with a with a rather uneventful arc, so that the other ones are that much better. I think. Right. I agree, but keep in mind if you stick with it, it gets the ball rolls a lot faster. Yeah. It gets you, you introduced to the characters really. and their personalities. Yeah. Um, and it's uh. It's gruesome at points, but let me, let me put it this way. When it's your first time watching, you might feel like you should close your eyes. And there's the only time when you might actually benefit from doing that is the actual fingernail scene, as in like fingernails. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying that if you are queasy and you have a hard time, that's the one that would really 
mess you up. And I think, um, I think it was Reese said that I asked him if he wanted to join uh, this podcast or something. And he said uh, um, he couldn't get through Higurashi because of the fingernail scene. Um, so, oh, wow. yeah, like it's just, it, it'll mess you up if you're, if you're not able to take it. And it's, it's brutal because basically um, she has a device that she has to, in order to, it's like, it's like how the Yakuza cut off uh, the tips of their fingers. They literally are Yakuza, the Shinazakis or yeah. whatever. <laughs> hey, Lance just joined <laughs> um, the uh, the chat there. Uh, so they have a device that she sticks her her fingernail gets attached, right? And then she has to slam down on on something so that it you know because it's Removes like it's, it. it's a very rudimentary device that when that gets slammed down the thing pulls, right? So you want to do it fast uh, so that it it's like ripping off a band aid. Oh, that was. Right? I'm remembering again how it didn't she work the first the second time. second one because she's oh, in so much pain. So she, so she hits it kind of on the side and it doesn't pull it all the way off. That's the that part that I think brutal. really oh. they took it to the next level with that one. Yeah, it's true. I'm kind of glad that had a better payout because there's a hentai that I watched that had like... <laughs> it was, the plot is stupid. It's called Atonement of Sin because... In this, in this hentai, the girl's father was a murderer, so she's also a murderous murder. scum. Scum, so they would do the, all this torture, torture in this case, rape, to her because she's a bad seed. And then, af then after through all this stuff, she gets tired of it and starts becoming the both. Both senses of the term a man eater. So how's this for late? Lance has joined our hentai watch club. So <laughs> how does this relate to what we're talking about with the twins? The oldest, just like with uh, the Ryuga clan and Naruto, the oldest one is the leader, while the second one is kind of kind of a subservient. She's like she's like the one they just kick around. <laughs> Yeah, well, technically, they were supposed to, through their tradition, they supposed to strangle the younger twin, which, in my American mind, that's just a waste of resource, but whatever. Isn't that the, what they were supposed to do in When They Cry or something? Kill the younger one? With, uh, Used the, to, the... like in olden days, not modern times. No, in, in Higurashi, with the twins... Yeah, there was the one arc where Shion was supposed to be killed, and she—I uh, think that's the the arc where you see the the other arc from the from the perspective of Mion and Shion, where she um, ends up assuming the identity of the other one and killing the grandma and all that all that the head the actual head of the clan or whatever. Actually, the now one, that I think of it, one character we haven't really talked about at all is the photographer. That was voiced by Gohan. Okay. Yeah, I saw Kyle uh, name in the cast. Okay, you want me to talk about him? He shows up, says hi to the kids, and then he goes. He kind of looks like yeah. Seta from Love Hema, but that's not true. much to say about him right now. Yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, he's he's got an in a weird. He is a plot device in the in the show. That's all he is. Um, if anything, we can talk more about the school. No, Doctor? yeah, the school coach, yeah, or uh, the principal. Or Oishi? <laughs> Can we talk about Oishi? I just love Oishi. <laughs> I love his English show, voice. Show Oishi, he man. Exactly how he looks. 
Yeah, the, he was one of the only. I mean, I think if this had been dubbed like in modern, no. like more modern time, I think they could have gone even better with him. But uh, he does have a um, a decent voice. For, I don't uh, think I've heard that voice actor in any other anime, which is interesting. I wish I could look it up, but you know, Anime News Network is down. So. Oh, but, oh, and real Would quick. Would you recommend it? Oh, yeah, if you that. like if you like gruesome horror things uh, and it's again like I don't there's no other thing I can compare it to maybe Ichi the killer you know uh, but uh no, uh, no. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like th that's the only thing that's even close I think I would recommend it to anybody who wants a really really good horror anime and it's really one of the only ones that's actually like good <laughs> I've seen like a bunch of them and the vast majority of the time it's either they're disappointing or they're just outright bad or poorly written. Uh, one example is the anime Another, which I was told was even better than Higurashi and then I watched it and realized, no, this is just the laziest horror ever. It's just like legit, just quote-unquote jump scares, but they're not even scary jump scares. And because the whole time... Just, yeah, it, like it, with anime, the only way horror works is if it's psychological. That's yeah. the only way. We kind of discussed this right uh, at the beginning yeah. before you were yeah. here. No, that's no, that's no, actually no, a good point, though. He he articulated it in a way that I don't I don't think we 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 had talked about it being a thriller or suspenseful, but um, the idea of it being psychological is a good uh, a good way to describe it because um, one of the creepiest anime I've ever watched is Perfect Blue because of that stalker guy, right? And there's like oh, a psychological perfect. aspect in that as well. Uh, and I think that that really, um, I think you hit the nail on the head that if, if you don't go uh, psychological with it, then it doesn't, uh, somebody's coming out to, uh, uh, Trenton Payne is coming out to defend another <laughs> in the chat. Um, I haven't I, watched it yet. I have no comments. But um, I, but yeah, I, I think I, I you're right. I think that going going psychological uh, is a good way to, also Paranoia Agent. Um, so it was another Satoshi Kone thing, but that's another one where it's kind of on a psychological thing and it hooks you in. And that's the thing about horror anime is that it doesn't, it's not necessarily scary. And that's the thing about, about doing anime horror, anything that's not live action, you, you don't feel uh, the same attachment that you would to a flesh and blood human being. So it's incredibly difficult to actually get you scared. And because it's an animated, um, villain or whatever like causing the horror you don't turn off the tv and feel terrified because uh yeah. you you don't feel like there's actually a person in your house because it was just a cartoon kind of thing you know what i mean yeah so i think you're there's... right it's got to be a psychological thing and it, and it really messes with you more in a uh in the moment as you're watching suspense kind of way rather than um a lasting like fear for life like when people saw jaws and never went to the beach again yeah, yeah well there's also like an aspect to it where uh I think that in certain tones, very unnatural acting doesn't work very well. Um, I'll take another example. There was an anime I watched recently called King's Game, and it's a uh, what's the name of the the trope the or the the the, the Japanese film? A bunch of people, bunch of kids go to an island and they have to kill each other. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. It's kind of like a battle royale, except imagine instead of the kids killing it. Well, they, they do later, it's, but it's like it, it, um, cross battle royale with Saw. Where like there's a there's yeah. a third party guy forcing you to kill each other uh, in a, yeah, in a more much. game way. 
Yeah, and the Did... reason why I think it fails is a lot of its unnatural acting gets put in, into focus in the cringy kind of over-emotional garbage way, where it's like, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself for everybody and all this shit, and everybody gets sad. It's like, who do you really care about Johnny, who you've talked to once the entire year? Like, no. Yeah, they haven't developed anyone in King's Game. They just kind of established it, it as, oh, you're in this horrible death game. Kill each yeah. other. Man. Japan has a tendency to raise their um, sort of there's like a moral altruism that people develop and is shown in anime uh, very specifically that this self-sacrifice of, uh, for instance, Keiichi is about to get his fingers nailed uh, in uh, Higurashi and he says, Sure, go ahead and do it. It's it's got to be nothing compared to the pain you've gone through. Uh, all I ask is that you spare Shion and release Mion from the from the demon or whatever, right? Um, and so uh, you see that a lot in anime where a character is um, act. I, I would I don't even know if I would say they're acting tough, but they're like, yep, yeah, I'm ready to die for the for the sake of that. Well, at least my at least it's uh, uh, it's not as bad as what you went through, and it's and it's like. Like have a backbone, you know. This is this is kind of. That's, I mean, in his case, it's like it, it seemed like it was almost maybe a uh, a psychological ploy. Like, well, I'm not getting out of this, so maybe uh, maybe playing this off would at least make things better for the other people involved. But uh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I've, I watched a lot of uh, anime recently, including I think the live action Bleach movie, which I saw like last night. Um, that uh, it just seems like they're people are like that like it's, it's this weird this weird self-sacrifice uh especially uh, and often and maybe maybe it just doesn't work when it's for characters like you described it's like do you really care about johnny who you've talked to once kind of thing um that yeah i, I think yeah. that it, it's a little um so like, it, it, it's was... represented in anime and I, it feels weird because of the uh uh the when it happens and there's like why do you have any attachment yeah. to this person you know, so I was also going to say that, like, what I was also talking about is like, it's not just that it's like the overacting that comes with these horror anime. Whereas Higurashi's got this weird thing going on where I can't even tell if it's overacted or not. It's just that all the characters are weird and uncomfortable and creepy. Like, Rena's yeah. whole shtick where she repeats the like a line twice, like, that's something that in any other anime I would not accept. I think this is stupid. But because no. of the way Higurashi um, is. Given the situation. Yeah, well, it's like, what I'm saying is it's because of how unnatural a lot of the things in the anime feel initially, something like that doesn't bother me and it kind of adds to it. There's this this sense of like something is wrong with these characters to begin with. There is um, some psychological yeah. oddity that they aren't mentioning. Um, and there's not as much of that over-exaggerated, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Like, Keiichi does have that one moment, but a lot of the time it's kind of like, at least in this season, it doesn't feel as bad i guess and it feels i don't know it feels more realistic to me when there's something horrifying going on the characters don't act tough like they get fucking scared keichi's paranoid the entire first arc like he's genuinely terrified i feel like a normal person would be but in a lot of these other horror anime they would just go oh it's probably the wind or some stupid shit ah <laughs> uh, yes you the know. wind <laughs> Yeah, the wind is The wind put that needle in my whatever, my rice bowl. Yeah. Have you? Duo, have you read the King's Game Origin manga? 
I, I did not oh, read. I watched stop, the anime. Stop, stop, stop that. Wait, you um, don't like Origin? No one likes King's Game. Dude, Origin yeah, is I, better. I, I will Origin, say I enjoyed that. Like, I enjoyed watching watch it, it because I watched it with a group of friends and we all just made fun of it the entire time. Like, I, legit, there was this point where it's like episode six and... Like, okay, we're getting away from Higurashi. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, uh, let's steer things back... Um, because oh, me with four anime. This is finally a contender with Pet Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I haven't watched that. I, it's different I'm... from Higura. What? God. It's different from Higurashi because it's one of those one of those tropes that's barely used, but you see it so often. A guy walks into the mysterious China shop, and then some horror happens to them. That's yeah. pretty much Pet Shop of Horrors. And to me, that's probably the best example that you can get of that. So with Pet Shops of Horrors, I think it's a good... Like, it is frightening. I just feel like because it's so short and because it's kind of like... It is just kind of... It's simple. Um, it doesn't really get me as much as Igarashi does. Like, I'm not it's frightened not, To me, it's it. not... Yeah, I'm not frightened by it either, but I am engulfed with that atmosphere that it gives you. Yeah. By the way, I like Mike. this is semi related to Well, wait, you do you want to keep going? Sorry. Where are we going? Let's, oh, let's okay. ask that I wanted, question first. I, I wanted to bring up uh so before Higurashi, Dean actually animated another horror-ish show called Hell Girl. Um, uh, and I think it's funny because there's a lot of things that like I actually think they took from Hell Girl in terms of like how they presented it uh, a lot of like the more paranoid aspects but uh if there is one thing i will give hell girl the uh, the boost like the one thing is that hell girl had a lot more of like really like genuinely screwed up just like oh boy this is just not fun to watch in a different way though where it's like oh this is just like not a fun situation because you know what's gonna happen but um i don't know i just think it's interesting that... to... oh, go ahead how's that compared to Triple X Holic. Uh, I have not it's watched Triple X Holic. I was okay. gonna say that. I don't think that's horror at all. That's apples no, and no, oranges. Comparing yeah. it to Hill Girl. Yeah, they're I completely know, different. Like, okay. Girl, the whole have you seen Red Garden? Is basically you use this website, you write somebody's name, and you can send them to hell. But it's gonna end up in hell eventually. It's just they go immediately. Um, but a lot of the the point of the show is that they they show a lot of the screwed up situations these people people are in, and then try and either justify why they would send somebody to hell or kind of make you go, okay, you know this is a bad idea. Stop it. Stupid. Look your bag of chips or something. What's wrong with you? you know, By the way, nobody do does it over chips, but it's. I recently saw an animated. Is that part of the conversation, or is that a roommate? <laughs> Dude, I recently saw that a gif of that scene in Death Note where he eats the chip, and it, you know how it kind of does that thing where it goes from here and then it fades the the movement, you know, because it's doing a slow motion. And as the chip is yeah. going to his mouth, <laughs> I think Aaron from Attack on Titan swings by and grabs the chip. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> That's one of the most ridiculous uh, things I've ever seen. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting, but uh. I do have other things I want, like one, well, two specific things I want to bring up. But if anybody's got other stuff, you know, we can talk about those first. Uh, uh, so I, I, I'll just say this uh, real quick: um, that if we're done, like, let's realistically, if we're done with uh, 
with the discussion on Higurashi. We should, I'm not saying we have to stop talking right now, but we should try to wrap things up because um, the podcast has only been going for three hours and the shorter the podcast is, the, the more people actually attempt to watch it. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, but we have sort of trained ourselves to talk for five or six hours. So if, if we can, if we can sort of cut things Shorten down that. to a more manageable yeah. time, then it allows, it allows us to sort of improve that, that problem that, that we've had. It's been uh, a pretty decent speed run this, this round. Yeah. So, so please uh, like, yeah. subscribe, and share to your friends. Yeah, for for sure, all that stuff. Just because, uh, also, if if I if I get off the the podcast in the near future, I can work on other stuff and try to bring try to keep the podcast going in the future. You know. Um, uh, and okay. Well, good night, everyone. So anyway, well, I'll, I'll I do continue have... for for uh, continue your point, but I just wanted to bring that up in case in case this was going to go on forever, kind of thing. Oh yeah, I only have two things to bring up and they're related to the same, they're basically the same thing, but I just wanted to talk about the audio design of Higurashi. Um, oh yes. Specifically the soundtrack, but like the audio design in general, because uh, that's something I feel like in general people kind of overlook in terms of horror, but audio design is the most important thing when it comes to horror. Like, yes. you need to get the soundtrack right, you need to get the sound effects right, you need to give it this uncomfortable sound where, like, if you're watching with earbuds or headphones, you don't want to listen because it's uncomfortable, and Higurashi does, like, a really good job of that. And so, like, and I, I also wanted to say, the soundtrack in general, um, there's this one specific track, and it doesn't have a name, so they just, they just call it the Higurashi theme. It's that, it's the song that plays a lot. Uh, and Were you, that's, um... Were you here when I discussed uh, when I discussed the soundtrack to? Um, um, it wasn't the thing that was similar, like the similar soundtrack to Hiroshima that might have been inspired. Under the skin. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. I heard you. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I I've never heard the Under the Skin soundtrack. I'm more talking about just like in general. I like how they managed to balance out the more hyperactive tracks that you have with these really melancholic, really depressing kind of ominous sound songs. Mm. But uh, the Higurashi theme in specific is just one where it's like, no matter what, what context I hear it in, if I hear the song, I immediately get really uncomfortable just because of how well associates with the series, but how just actually uncomfortable it is to listen to. I want to hear a refresher of that, but damn it. Well, um, just to reiterate, because you weren't here when I brought it up, the Under no, the Skin soundtrack um, is very similar, right? But but uh, creepier. Yeah, that's what I'd heard. But um, I don't know. It's just I just think it's interesting. And to go along with that, I really like the opening. Like it is probably one of, if not like probably like top five openings I've ever heard in my entire life. I agree. Because it's it just sounds like, incredible. Yeah, there's some kind of it has this very ethereal kind of like, like the song isn't like there are parts of the song that feel like they're not playing out of the 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 thing you're listening to, like and the voices they're very this they just it doesn't sound this, like anything you've really heard anywhere else and it's got this creepy eerie tone. Yeah, I I love it and visually speaking as well, it's this it's very vague in how it like it, you can't really tell what the show's about from the opening, but I feel like that's good. Because yeah. you can, unlike a lot of openings where you can predict events, you can't really <laughs> predict what's going to happen with that opening. It's just this ominous opening. It's like, 
I, this you like, can never really tell. pillar thing just opening up and then this butterfly on this lamp. Like, I love that for some reason. I can't explain why. It Lance just says, so... Lance says that no anime opening is creepier than the um, the Nekomimi mode from uh, Suki... Called. No, not super. Like, um, moon phase. I feel like, I feel like this is a joke. <laughs> I was gonna look it up for a second, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, it, it's it's an anime about uh, a vampire lolly, and or oh, is she a vampire? I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's just got the it's got the most bizarre opening for the show. Uh, it's odd. It oddly suits the uh, thing. It's kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> anyway so um yeah so the, about the opening i was gonna say that when i first heard about higarashi from my friend andrew he told me i can't remember if he said it was somebody on 4chan or um or a friend if this happened to a friend of his either which could be lying but um he said that somebody uh somebody had gotten pulled over for speeding and his um iPod or whatever was playing the Higurashi theme, and the cop recognized it and let him off with a warning. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Like that. <laughs> so um, that's great. I thought that was going to go a completely different direction. Like, <laughs> I thought it was going to oh be some god. like really ominous shit. Where like, yeah, you know, they heard the song and the cop just walked away without saying anything. <laughs> like, Am I the only one that thinks that the detective in the show's stupid, except for an atonement? Uh, well, he's obviously he's smarter than the other cops because he wore a bulletproof vest. Although, I will point out the fact you see him put it on, and then when he gets there, he's not wearing it. He's wearing it underneath. Yeah, it's kind sure. of like in an RPG where you equipped an armor and you don't look any different, kind of thing. Uh, so, I'm not sure if he was actually yeah. wearing mm -hmm. it, but not wearing it, kind of thing. It was really bizarre. There's well, a certain amount of leeway see. I'm willing to give the characters because they don't really have any knowledge of what's going on, but I kind of agree with you. They are really, like, it, it, he's really stupid. It kind of makes sense, though, because he's, like, inquiring about all this crap and whatever, like a normal detective. I mean, I don't I know. apologize to Andy Griffin, but that is the first time I've ever seen Matt Locke in anime form. Whatever. <laughs> At least that character. I just want to really quickly add to the sound design thing that, um, they didn't use the whole cliche violin technique, which I really appreciated. Oh, because yeah. Because that gets really old. Um, and the thing is, they had these, like, impact sounds that happened with really crucial moments, like that uh, knife-to-the-head scene. And like you said, it's it makes the biggest difference for making something thrilling or psychological type thing. Oh, yeah. There's also just aspects like uh, in the first arc, there's that scene where Keiichi looks out the window and Ren is there, and there's like there's so much rain audio and stuff like that. And, like even if you could, even if there, you could hear some kind of audio, you can't. But it's just like they use a lot of the environmental sounds, like the cicadas or the the rain. That too, the cicada sound they have, I'm pretty sure is recycled from something else. But it's like the perfect one that they picked. It's so creepy and eerie, like everything else on the show. Yeah, and so it's like, I feel like the show doesn't get enough credit for its audio design, but in general, the show doesn't get enough credit because it's, because it's like, it's people act, people have talked about it for so long. Everybody's like, oh, well, it's not that great. You know, it's getting that, that reputation now of, be, of being overrated. Yeah. Well, you, you, know, you would be scared to walk around at night where I live then. 
<laughs> so is there anything else? Yeah, there is something else. If you're going to bring up being scared walking around where you are. When we went to see fireworks, you made me drive you around L.A. and find literally the worst neighborhood and have to go into a, to get you uh, some snacks for the hotel room. <laughs> uh. How were you not afraid for your life then? <laughs> They all have food stamps. I was fine. We were uh, we stuck out like a sore thumb. It was uh it was pretty bad. So before we before we wrap things up, do I want to show you I found the uh Oh okay. Death note on crack. <laughs> oh <laughs> anyway that's the whole thing is kind of ridiculous i i had seen it in gif form i didn't realize it was actually a um a video yeah, but yeah, i'll send you the link later if you want to check it out all right i don't know i'm trying to think of like anything else specifically i want to mention um well keep in mind that our next podcast we're going to continue with higarashi so we can come back uh to season one we probably will constantly refer back to season one right. so we'll have another opportunity to discuss things then if we if something comes up afterward we can write it in a tweet form and i'll stick it in the moment for the next uh podcast right and there's also just so much you could say about it i mean i wrote twelve thousand words on it so and we'll there talk you go. more yeah. about that next time yep yeah uh, i guess if so. i was to say one last thing um as far as i'm concerned this is not only the best anime horror i've ever seen but probably the best horror experience i've ever seen thus far uh because in general a lot of american horror at least sticks to yeah yeah it sticks to horrible tropes that just they don't work and then as far as anime goes i don't even think it's a comparison i have seen nothing that i would even say is close to this on, in terms of how much it got me uncomfortable like when i first watched it i was genuinely terrified to go out of my room it was that kind of level where it was like i almost I'll say it's a lot it. tamer the second time around having watched it 10 years ago um stuff be its existence has set like it pushed the boundary to the point where other things felt more comfortable pushing the boundary right so yeah 10 years later it was a lot less gruesome than i had remembered it um, like for instance, them not actually doing the, the nails in the finger. Um, oh. for some reason, I really thought that that had happened in the, in the original one, so, but even still them not doing it was still worse for me than the actual fingernail part. I uh, still think there's well, some room like, to improve when it comes to actually like showing a lot of gruesome stuff and not cutting away or conveniently having a different angle, but well, still overall, see, it's let's like, let's see how yeah, uh, Higurashi well, no like, Naku, Koroni Kai and uh, Ray handle that. Well, like um, I wanted to say though, like it's not the gruesome parts that I, I think is scary about it. Like if you had just right, shown I'm me, I'm just saying like, if you add that part, to it well, to make it well, no. fully packed, Oh yeah, like what I'm saying, like yeah, I, I get you. What I'm saying though is the reason why I think it's scary is less because of those moments and more the lead up, the, the paranoia the show is able to build in the viewer's head. Like yeah, and I actually the, think the that it's more image. effective to not show it because what it does is it um, psychologically how it affects you is I, I describe this a lot with with um, Ichi the Killer that they get you to the point where you're like oh my freaking god i cannot watch this it's like you're literally about to cover your eyes and then it cuts away to to the next scene you're like 
thank freaking God they didn't show that. And then they'll cut back to it kind of thing, like where they actually yeah. do show it. And I think that there's like psychologically, they're keeping you at this level of uncomfortable without ever crossing the line. Um, and it actually keeps you in that sustained state rather than just showing it to you, having so much dread that it burns you out to the series. Yeah, I think it's I also more effective, but I do understand your, like what they could do is for instance, not show it in the first arc and then do show it yeah. in the revisiting arcs kind of thing. Yeah. So like basically the way I think of it is like in the first arc, I think why it works so much is just because it gets your mind racing. Even if you yeah. don't see nails going into the hand, there's this implication of like, okay, what does that feel like? What, like how, like if you put yourself in the shoes of the character, like, how would you feel if they, this person's like, yeah, I'm just going to put nails in all your joints. Like, and they, they keep like, the scene going for so long before yeah. it doesn't happen. It's kind of like um, something that really messes with me psychologically. Lance is saying it's it was disturbing, not scary, to be honest. That's kind of what we're saying um, is that it but it's it's something you don't want to see. It's, it's something you don't want to see happen to a person or whatever. Um one of the things that really messes with me is the idea of somebody sticking their hand in the garbage disposal. Oh right? yeah. Right. Um, and there's a movie, I th think it might've been the mechanic with Jason Statham. It's a Jason Statham movie where he uh, grabs, he's like interrogating somebody and he grabs the daughter's arm and shoves her hand in the sink with the garbage disposal on, but he actually stuck meat. In, in the thing instead and he pulls out the meat later like hey I didn't really do it thanks for giving me the information you know um, like I yeah. you had to push him that far kind of thing and that's that's horrifying to me like the idea of that happening to somebody um, uh, and like for me it's like I, I if I ever need to, to get something out of the garbage disposal I'm going to go outside and, and flip the fuse like I'm going to turn off the power to the house just to be that careful because it's, it's it's psychologically to me is so awful I can't even I can't even get my hand anywhere near it. Like I'll literally get under the sink and take it apart to get whatever's in there that I need to get out just to avoid the idea that it could accidentally get flipped on kind of thing. So anyway, um, and then yeah. Lance says, it's like when your doctor counts to three, but only goes to two before stabbing you with the needle. <laughs> That's a good way to put it actually. Um, uh, well, I'm desensitized. I wasn't scared. I enjoyed the thrill. <laughs> Literally That's nobody fair. here said they were scared. I think Duo is the only like, one who said that he he was uh he didn't want to leave his room. But uh but right. yeah, that, like, it was the like to be fair, the second time I watched it wasn't as like just impressed with it. But the first time, I'm gonna be real, I was pretty frightened with it. Like it, it genuinely unnerved me and made me uncomfortable, which was not something I was used to. How old were you when you first watched it? Uh probably around like 13 or something. Yeah, because I was probably 17 18 when it came out so that, that probably has something to do with it too that yeah. being much younger would would mess you up a lot more also the, yeah. the i um one of the other things i didn't say yet but i think that the dub is um contributes to the suspense less than the than the sub does personally um but uh anyway um so shall we wrap it up guys yeah yep. yes all right, so I want to thank you guys for joining. Once again, um, the fate of the podcast is um, in the hands of everybody who subscribes, shares, checks out the other videos and everything. So uh, if you guys have enjoyed this, if we bring value to your life, uh, consider donating on Patreon and whatnot. But uh, above all else, um, I just hope you guys had a, had a great time with us and that you'll continue to share what we're doing in the future. So the next podcast is going to be on, I guess, the 18th. Is that is that correct? Um, 
Yes. Uh, let's see. So, yeah. So the next podcast will be on the 18th. We will be watching uh, Higurashi no Nakukuro ni Kai and Ray. Uh, Kai is 24 episodes. Ray is five episodes. So it's a little bit longer than uh, than uh, the first series. Um, and uh, you're basically going to have to watch like two episodes every night from now until until then in order to, to get it finished in time. So uh, that's my advice. That's what I'm going to try to do. And uh, after that, we'll do um, Mob Psycho 100. So um, anyway, we'll talk to you guys later. Take it easy.